attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about how Tom Cruise is being considered for the next James Bond are purely unsubstantiated, hopeful speculation, and for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right? Wait, wait a second. Did Bart write this? Oh yeah, let's do this. <laughs> If you want the truth, you can handle the truth. Show me the money. <laughs> Sadly, that's not a possibility, right? It, it could never no. happen because he's already Ethan Hunt. Yeah, yes, yeah, right? yeah. He already found and he's not James British. Bond. But this came out of he the could act he British. Could play it. But this, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but this came out of the idea that they're already looking at maybe Damian Lewis would be a great James Bond. How about? Daniel Craig's three movies in. The other yeah. guy's got six or seven under the I belt. I thought he's already said he's out. I thought he said he, like, he's hanging up the Bond spurs or whatever. What would you hang up? God, I hope the not. Poison they dart? Just, they, the, just, <laughs> they just launched him. You know, it took three movies hanging to Hanging up do, the martini yeah. shaker. The origin yeah. story. They told him to never say never again. Never, never <laughs> he's say hanging up, never He's again. hanging up the endless pussy. <laughs> <laughs> hanging up the I love that with my endless. favorite favorite Bond <laughs> that movie. That is the best one. Endless pussy, Endless pussy. Endless pussy. That was in the Moore era, I believe. Hey, welcome to the movie. Movie Showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire. Do I laugh now or wait until it gets funny? You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast from the Admirals Club in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show every week on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Vimeo, YouTube, Player.fm, TuneIn, and of course, the themovieguys.net. Plenty of choices out there for your listening and viewing pleasure. Absolutely free. And we encourage you to subscribe, especially at iTunes. Share and like posts. Rate us. Leave a review. Whatever they're asking you? you to do, do it. Support the show that you love. It's the internet. Play along. Plus, <laughs> still free, no matter how much of that you Really, do. Paul? Because the first part <laughs> sounded, a lot. No, the first part sounded like, yeah, that should be free. But that second part <laughs> sounds like it should cost me something. Nope. Okay, no? Wow. Charged. No. Right. We throw it in for free on top of the already free. Uh, and we're also on WBAD.net Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. And I'm excited to announce a new place you can find us. Oh! Starting this Friday, June 26th at noon Eastern, the movie showcast can be heard on iRise Radio. Wow. That's wow. iRiseRadio.com. That's I-R-I-S-E. Sounds like a Radio. morning show. <laughs> it really, do they only do morning shows all day long? Yes. Sounds like something else, too. <laughs> I, will, I want to go on record now, though, Paul, is saying that I will never be part of a zoo. No, nope, so, we're not a zoo. Okay, we're not going to be part of a morning zoo no. or a dri drive-time zoo. No. Internet zoo? Internet, internet no. No okay. internet zoo. Right, Excuse me, uh, right. Bart, I have to interrupt for just a second. You're listening to The Movie Guys. <laughs> I mean, no. we, don't do, we don't do station breaks. Side? We don't do, yeah, yeah. that's all that. It's, and, and we do, if we do... We start charging. <laughs> That's going to cost you. Yeah. yeah station breaks. That's so basically, uh, search the movie guys on the internets and Googles. We come right up. I'm your host for the hardest working comedy show in the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Bart Caius. Now who's being naive, Kay? And Adam Witt. <laughs> I need your clothes and your boots and your motorcycle. And Karen is missing her final show here due to rehearsals for 9 to 5. And I'm hilariously growing a mustache for the show, which never goes well. This is Karen's <laughs> final show? Her final show that she's missing. Oh, this will be the final show she misses. <laughs> yes. okay. So you're Dabney coleman thing it up. Yeah, I am. Did he have a beard or a uh, mustache? No, I'm going beard. Then I can trim it down to a mustache. So I don't have uh. to have a mustache for any longer than <laughs> I have to. Paul, I've I known you're dopey. I've known Paul for a long, long time now. I've never seen you with a beard. I've never seen and facial hair like on three Ball. weeks. I mean, it doesn't. That's hilarious. Yeah, it doesn't come in thick. <laughs> doesn't come in thick. Thankfully, the head part's okay. 
Uh, but anyway, uh, in the meantime, sitting in the whole show is this week's guest, an actor who has appeared in an eclectic mix of projects, including Where the Wild Things... I mean, look, if this no, is a triple true. feature, there you go. Where the Wild Things Are, oh, man, We you. Were Soldiers, and Matinee, yeah. that's Ooh, a triple good. feature. And we'll get stories about working on all those films Matinee. later from Mark McCracken. Yeah. Let's get McCracken. Release the McCracken. Rah. Rah. <laughs> <laughs> Movie reference. <laughs> He's been released. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so good to have you. Thanks. Right. Nice. You've already nice heard to him. Be he chimed in. He's blabbing in on stuff. I mean, we got things to say. I got stuff. Going. All right. So, well, let's talk about then the new movies because that's our thing. We bring you previews of everything coming up in the theaters, <laughs> even if it's not worth talking about. Like I don't know. Like half the stuff we talk about everything. <laughs> what week. have you got in mind? Go, I, I, I sometimes have to go back and look for an old clip or an old sound effect or something. And it'll be next to like a movie we talked about. I'm like, what the hell movie Why is that? Why are we talking about Diary of a Wimpy Kid too? Yeah, Roderick there was Rolls. a second yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> what was that one with the 80, 1980s? It was a 1980s set movie. Oh yeah. So we did like Bring, oh, 1980s sports yeah. shit with it or something. And we were doing it. Take lo- me home tonight. Yeah, take me that home. That was tonight. a movie. Yeah, Who and did? that movie completely forgotten. Yeah, I, Topher Grace. I don't even remember that movie ever. Exactly. No, it's a February release. We talked release. about it. Why? <laughs> we hate ourselves. I, I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, you needed filler, and somebody remembered that movie. I guess yeah. I, I have no idea. We can't only talk about Ted Two, but we will. Uh, well, here let me explain what's coming up here. Um, the theaters will see two new movies. With no interest in completing with Jurassic Worldwide record. No. I mean Jurassic World. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can tell these movies don't want to compete with that film by their strategic move of not having dinosaurs in there. Ah, oh, that's good, good move. move. Good oh, move. Oh, yeah. Ted 2 and Max. Mm. Those are your movies. Right. Really? Ted has no dinosaurs in it? Oh, Ted, Ted and the movie this year, this week's movies are Ted and Max. Ted and Max aren't those aren't the names of movies. Those are like fake names you give at a strip club, right? All right, listen, I'm gonna play a, I'm gonna play a bit of both of the films, okay, to familiarize Ted. yourselves with them. Now, mind Ted you, I made no effort to make the, the transition between one movie to the next seamless in any way. Oh. <laughs> I'm Samantha Jackson. You must be Ted. Uh yeah, Samantha Jackson. What, what's your middle name? Leslie. Oh my god, you're Sam L. Jackson. That's great. I mean, just like Sam L. Jackson. Who is that? You ever seen any movie ever? He's the black guy. Max bonded so closely with Kyle, he can't work with him. <laughs> wow. Can't okay. even tell. Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> I gotta go take care of that dog. Won't even let me touch him. If you know what I mean. I can come over. Take care of that dog if you know what I mean. Anyway, so there's those are your two movies. Where was the cut? Where was the cut? There, I couldn't. Yeah, I only heard seamless. one clip there. Paul. Absolutely seamless. <laughs> Talking dirty teddy bear and then warm-hearted dog, mm-hmm. doggy marine story. Bipolar movie movie trailers. Well, um, interesting that that uh, there is actually a dinosaur if you consider Ted because there's who is it? Played Flash Gordon. Anybody? Oh, Sam J. Jones. There you go. Yeah. All right. He appears once again. A little bit of a dinosaur, but he's yes. you know, a little revival in his career. That's not too bad. Oh, that's right. He was in the first movie, right? Yeah. No, that's man. right. He was obsessed with Flash Gordon. I haven't, I haven't seen Ted since the... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it's enough oh, yeah. work. Like The Hangover or something, when Mike Tyson shows up exactly. again, they bring yeah. Sam Jones. I think Sam, he officiates yeah. the wedding He's or so happy. Oh, yeah. You know Because between Ted and Ted 2, he didn't, probably didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> you think he got a career bump out of He was Ted? waiting for the call for Ted 2. I got to leave my schedule open. <laughs> <laughs> There's two things in the wall. Flash Gordon 2, Ted 2. Flash Gordon 2 is old. It's written in like an old paper with crayons. Right. He hasn't looked at that in forever. <laughs> he made it. Yeah. Oh, but you know what? Uh, we don't often do movie news here, but it's worth talking about something that's... I'm sorry, uh, Paul. First and foremost... Uh-oh. We are journalists. That's true. Good wow. point. So we always do movie news. Then entertainers. <laughs> then Thank entertainers. You, yes. When we're not making news, yes. we're talking movie news. <laughs> then CPR specialists. <laughs> then 
Night Watchmen. First, the crap about the kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we were almost going to talk about, actually, at the top of the show, Jake Lloyd's uh, arrest. And if you know, Jake Lloyd, who played Anakin Skywalker poor, in The Phantom Menace, guy. before Hayden yes. Christensen, was arrested in South Carolina because they haven't had a bad enough week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Light, trying to lighten it up a little bit down in South Carolina. Arresting Star Wars cast members. That's pretty bad. Ooh. Turns wow. out he's schizophrenic. Is he? Yeah. yeah that that's was the, the latest thing I've heard. That's but his excuse. He must have been driven schizophrenic. That guy, you saw, there was an interview driven a couple years. schizophrenic. <laughs> like, just... Honey, you're driving me dude. schizophrenic, I swear. Imagine. All you want to do... You're giving me schizophrenic. <laughs> <laughs> you're giving us both schizophrenic. <laughs> <laughs> you're giving everyone schizophrenic. <laughs> Imagine... Being in a Star Wars movie was the worst thing that ever happened to you. There's a that's that a very terrible say, right? life. <laughs> the worst yeah, thing really, that no ever kidding. happened to me. Star Wars. The if worst you, thing that ever happened. And to everywhere me. he goes, he reminds people of the worst movie they ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody saw it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no escaping that that's the kid from that movie that everyone hated yes. and hated him especially. Exactly. You think he's 26 now, so he should be progressing into the dark side. So I'm God, not surprised. He's 26. This he's is the move. This is the wow. dark side move, yeah. right? Eluding the cops. This yeah. is yeah. fear leading well, to anger. Yeah. Anger leads to hate. <laughs> I think his publicist thought it was a great idea. Oh, Go to yeah. South Carolina, get arrested. <laughs> yeah. Don't, but I don't know if he even has that because you pointed this out once and it's still there. His Wikipedia leads with. Former actor. Oh, oh no! Yeah. yeah. Oh no! He's done. He hadn't done anything. He, no, he retired though. Yeah. I mean, he retired because to do his life what? Is He's made twenty-six. To do, I don't know. I don't know, man. To be tortured. He's the Steve Bartman of, uh, <laughs> of, of the Star Wars, Star Wars movies. Wow. Ouch! <laughs> he looks eerily like River Phoenix. Oh, that's a curse. Yeah, he looks don't like now. Him. He looks like uh, Joaquin doing a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's got the <laughs> facial hair and everything. Joaquin I, I impersonating mean, his brother, River, River doing a character. Uh, that, doing a character. Now that's an interesting point. I don't want to get super dark, but I mean, I, if if you were having this kid's life and how tortured he is, and mm. now mm. I, I don't know, man. That's like mm. I'd put this kid on a watch a yeah. little bit. I, I'd watch. I'd watch Jake Lloyd close. Oh yeah, somewhere. they got him on loafers for the next. He's got yeah. no He'll shoes. Make a fortune. <laughs> no belts. A, it's all loafers and and you know what? These guys guy. though make a fortune on the convention circuit, though, right? He could, but they all yelled shit at him. Like he was at a convention with <laughs> really? that interview. Really? Look up the oh interview from the convention two years ago. Your He's life the, is over. He, oh, I mean, geez. you're at a Star Wars convention and you're the saddest you've ever been. <laughs> God. And you were in a Star Wars movie. That's how much those fans hate him. Oh, oh my God. Uh, Ahmed Best doesn't get out hated. I guess the Jar Jar. I don't know. I was gonna say there are people lined up in front of the Jar Jar Binks table, but the, no one at his table. Uh, He's uh, like, oh. Oh my god! Oh, and if it I couldn't get sad, I hate my life. Yes, go. <laughs> James Horner passed. Away. That's bad. That's Don't fly bad. your own plane, people. Well, well, advice. At the very least, You're it right. wasn't experimental aircraft, was it? No, that's, no. That's how they all died. No, he wrecked a non-experimental one. Experimental aircraft. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Let someone else fly. You got to be Harrison Ford to yeah, go well, on the other side say. of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what scared me about or that. Or the crash. aviator. You got to be the aviator guy. Yeah. He crashed in Beverly Hills too, right? Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes. Yeah. Yeah, Beverly Hills. I mean, watching the film of that, like when Scorsese reenacted that mm-hmm. crash with miniatures and special effects and stuff, it looked brutal. Oh, mm. yeah. Because uh, he was hitting houses and things. I mean, these Jeez. guys that crashed in the middle of the desert, it, it just must... Did they say why? What happened? No. In fact, what? it took a long time to confirm that it was him. Like, wow. well, most of yesterday. Was there anyone else The pilot plane, died. Or? We weren't sure who it was. No, it was just oh, him. Oh, man. In fact, it was sad. just the pilot died in, in his plane, which you can kind of think it's probably him. But yeah. you never know. He charters it out or something. But then eventually it came to pass it. Ugh. There were other people they in the plane. They figured out it was him. No. No, no. no he's just no, out flying just by himself. himself. Yeah. That's kind of sad, too. Yeah. yeah. 
Unless you're unless you're trying to get somewhere because you're so successful and you own a plane to do it, and <laughs> you live in Malibu and you're just like, I'm going to go to stars LA. Do don't they? A lot yeah, of Kelsey Grammer heli- heli- yeah, heli- well, you yeah. do a helicopter, right? Helicopters in because yeah. there's a helipad on the CBS um, uh, building then there's in uh, yeah. uh, West Hollywood. Oh yeah. Right, and they would fly Bob Barker in. I think on that. Oh, for well, yeah. I mean, right. that's the move. Seven years into uh, seven years into Frasier or whatever, and <sighs> sixteen years into playing <sighs> Frasier Crane, he's like, "I'm flying from Malibu to Paramount to shoot <laughs> Frasier." Because yeah, you know. screw the traffic. That's some like, serious yeah. syndication money. Yeah, yeah. That's um, too bad. But let's let's not uh, get down. No, too no, down because no. the I legend. I say we celebrate the life instead yeah. of mourn the death. That's yes. about there you First go. thing I did was Fan. start cranking up some of those soundtracks because. And you're a milt, rightly. I'm a Bart- total man Bart- in love uh, with Titanic. Man mm-hmm. Titanic. That's a milt. Are you a milt, man in love with Titanic? I actually do enjoy Titanic. I think it's a great film. <laughs> I really do. I wouldn't lead with this, Paul, but. <laughs> It is his most famous. You do want to this is, well, I wanted to lead with how he won the Oscar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He won two That's a good call. in his time. Um, <clears throat> nominated I mean, for six others, I think, besides Titanic. Yeah. And he won two that night because he also wrote the song. Yeah. For uh, so I didn't know he wrote the song. Wow. So he won for score and song that night when <laughs> Titanic cleaned up. And it's so cool, I think, like a very classic song for a movie. This one matches, I do believe, pieces of the score are that my heart will go on throughout the movie, too. Mm-hmm. Which is real. I always like that, you know, when there's a piece of the score and then the song is the same. It's not like yeah, when Bond does that. When a Bond movie does that and yeah, it works, the song, the best, right? Like Casino Royale, that's yeah. the best. Yeah, that Goldfinger. Is the best. Yeah, exactly. Now, when I go to movies, I don't pay a lot of attention. But is it still common <laughs> that a score like what? Thank I God, like, thank God, you're a host on this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't go out to movies at all, right? Um, but I was mentioning uh, uh, risky risky business the other night and how uh, that on TBS yes yes uh, actually it was Spike I think okay. I was going a little edgy that's a Spike move Spike move um, and how that score that that soundtrack really set the tone for the entire movie and it was brought back throughout the entire film and it was used almost exclusively with uh, with the exception of a couple mood pieces where they did licensed music that's got one of those Tangerine Dream yeah, scores right totally. it's got yeah. kind of like electronic yeah. score yeah. so. Um, and that's what I think about when I think about Titanic is that that score was under most of the movie. Mm-hmm. That was the music for most of the movie. And I don't think movies do that much anymore where where they use a score for the entire thing. It's usually bringing in popular tracks or bringing other things. It depends. Like something like Goodfellas well, had no score. It was all music. I mean, yeah, the, yeah. The soundtrack. Music, true. The music right. choices for that are crazy but what and I'm, a yeah. lot. Scorsese but what I'm saying that is that when you do it this way, the other way, when you have that score underlie everything, it, to me that really creates the mood of the, the movie. And this was oh. one of the happier moments of Titanic when it, you know everything. Went oh, this is south, the best right here. But this is when they're taking off. Taking off. Yeah. How great is that? That little it organ, like a like a boat. Ah, oh, such a good score. Yeah. And a little majestic. Very. Oh yeah. Well, he also did the uh, True Romance. This reminds me of his little True Romance. Score, did he really? Right? Isn't that James Horner? Might, might it be Hans Zimmer. Okay. Oh, that might that might be Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Got your Horner mixed in, up in, with your in, a, in an homage to uh, <laughs> Horner. Your Horner and your Hans. But I can tell you one more that he did do. You got your Hans in my Horner. <laughs> he got Hans in my Zimmer. <laughs> this I thought should have won the Oscar as well. Braveheart. Uh, oh. It was nominated, wasn't Listen it? Listen to that. Crank it up, Paul. Give us the full Braveheart. How does that not move you? It doesn't move me nearly as much as Star Trek Two. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. This was nominated, uh, Mark. As, I, yeah. Well, Braveheart cleaned up this year. 
I hope the audience doesn't mind if we just listen to this music and not smart asses <laughs> for two seconds. Sit back and listen, folks. This is great stuff. <laughs> what audience? Oh, you know what? That was actually nominated the same year as... Oh. Apollo 13? Yeah. I got it right away. Two two notes. Name that tune. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's great. I own this score. Both 95. Oh. Oh. That's goosebumply. What's great about Horner is that like, this is this is a different thing. Like, he doesn't have so that thing he always goes to. This, I'm going to pull out the French horns and all that stuff and do a trumpet thing, where Braveheart was all strings. Wait. He also did Glory, right? He did. Oh. Yeah, well, this has got, this is, uh... And how can something sound like NASA? But this does. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like sounds NASA. Sounds like heroism. Sounds like yeah. heroism, right? Yeah. Right. Sounds it, like kicking commie butt. Da, 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 da. And he mentioned Glory, which he, uh, <laughs> Glory. Which he then in, in, uh, included a choir. So he's, again, adding something yeah. different. Ah! The best. This was not only the score to glory, this was the score to mowing the lawn for an entire summer for me. Yeah. <laughs> One that I found uh, particularly interesting was um, his score for Cocoon. Oh, yeah. Because oh, to me, cocoon. oh, wow. That's that movie about a bunch of old people going out of space? Yeah, hope it didn't spoil the end. Hope it didn't spoil the end. <laughs> uh, this was uh, Ron Howard. To me, it was Ron Howard doing a Spielberg movie. It was early Absolutely. on Absolutely. in, in so much Howard's fun. career. And so, to me, if you listen to this, it sounds like oh, yeah. he, like Horner said, "I'm going to do a Spielberg score," oh, nice. and then he makes it a Horner score just to give oh, you a okay. little bit. All right, all right. And I don't know if that's his intention at all. This one I haven't heard in a while. But when I hear it, like this says Williams a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Until it's not, mm-hmm. and it's they suddenly a Horner original. <laughs> He's going to shoot off in the corner here in a second, right? <laughs> oh, man, Rocketeer, right? That was a great score. Uh. Full on Horner, right? Yeah, yeah. Composers are such full a different on. breed because how can you have that in your head? Right. Like I, I understand words and I can see words and in visual I can I can see how things should look, but how can you hear yeah. stuff that doesn't exist? Bring Joe Kramer back on for Mission Impossible and ask him oh, some, yeah. such things. Yeah. Actually, get his take on some of these Friend tracks. Of the That'd show. be cool, right? Friend of the show. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, yeah. What if? Did you get bring Rocketeer? What if somebody uh, did come up to you and say, "Hey, we're shooting Crawl." <gasps> Shit. <laughs> Paul and I just saw Beastmaster this week, by the way. Got some cruel shit going on in that movie. <laughs> awesome. Listen to him. What if a what if a good composer did the score to Metal Storm, the destruction of Jared Sin, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a movie we all know and love here. Uh, he did the score to Sneakers. <gasps> I think that Which was again, another. It's an entirely different set. So good. Bring it in the the oboe yeah. or whatever. Well, this is a perfect movie in every way. Yeah, I just saw this like three or four weeks ago, and I think I, 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 I got to buy this one again. Ugh. I have it on VHS. It's fun. So it goes down so easy. 
but it's still engaging. Isn't it? It oh, is. An, so what a comfort movie. Yes. My mom has always asked me that because hers just seems like old time. She goes, what's your macaroni and cheese of movies? You know, <laughs> that's sneakers, man. I am so impressed. You guys know these movies and know the score who scored it. I, I, that is just phenomenal. <laughs> That's yeah, well, great. You, know, there's the, there's you really are the movie guys. Thank you. <laughs> there's an elite group of, uh, of yeah. composers. This is amazing. And Horner was in it. No, That's he was in huge it. You're absolutely 150 right. plus scores, I mean, since, amazing. Uh, since the 70s. Wow. Started with like Wolfen. Oh, wow. You know? wow. Did both the Clear and Present Danger and Patriot. Well, this, 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 this is Field of too, Dreams. Like... This is Field of Dreams. Oh, this is Field of Dreams? Yeah. Oh. I mean, which just... You feel the cornfield, right? And the silence that oh. probably is around Kevin Costner. So great. You know, I forgot how integral his score was to this one. If you build it, they will go. <laughs> Talk about integral. What All right, I'll play, for dreams. I'll play your if favorite. You score it, now, when would listen. you listen to the Aliens, also Oscar-nominated this is soundtrack? Nice. When would you listen to that? What were you doing? Adam. What was I doing? I was in college. This is when I really got into to soundtracks, and I have relationships forged with that. Uh, Fred Mowry, uh, a m- movie guy, listener, and yep. a friend of ours from Chicago, who's probably listening to this, certainly with the James Horner tribute. You know, it's one of those <laughs> things where you didn't have like a lot of friends like that were like, oh, you're like John Williams? Oh, you're like James Horner? Or, or could even like reference Alan Silvestrine, you know? And I, I, I met him, and we were improvising together, and like one time I was back at his, his dorm, and there was the cassette wall of just like, you know, clear and present danger, and all this sort of I was like, oh, Okay, not everybody just has clear and present danger or the Patriot <laughs> games. So yeah, so yeah, and then the fugitive and all this sort of stuff. So then we had this sort of tape exchange and and uh, yeah. So you're making your own mixtapes, but from score music. Ab- absolutely, I, love I have that. my jogging. I love mix. that. My jogging mix. The summer that I mowed the lawn to James Horner. Uh, my jogging mix began with the Rocketeer because the Rocketeer has the perfect slow burn. The first track in Rocketeer begins. He has this overly complex theme. And and but but as he plays with that and gradually builds up to like taking off, like you really can get your your jog on to James <laughs> Horner. <laughs> Would you Love jog? It. But. This one right here. Yes, Aliens. One last story. Uh, Aliens was, this was the soundtrack to Love Walking Across Campus, as I said on Twitter last night, or Terminator 2 and those sort of things, the James Cameron movies. This soundtrack is just amazing from top to bottom. And this soundtrack ended up in, I was in film school or video school at Miami University with Mr. Bart Caius here. And most of my movies had some piece of the score in it. (laughs) And Bart Caius sitting right next to us, I shot an action sequence and it was scored to what you're about to play right now. Do you remember this? Uh, Let me hear the music, see if I can. Recall. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now Earl Spat and Grimble. Yeah, now Earl now Sparks chasing him out, of, uh, chasing him out in the hallway. <laughs> I think it was called F. 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 Yeah, it was a play on M because you'd make the reference to Fritz Lang at that point. Oh, how pulse pounding is this? I played a very sweaty, disgruntled student. <laughs> didn't dare give him an F. <laughs> Oh, this is a great score. Great <laughs> I, I love singing along to scores. I'll I sing, I'll sing along to this. Keep going. Because you don't even so know. so right You don't now. even know. There aren't words. <laughs> it's amazing. Stuff. I know the oh, words. It's so much fun. <laughs> Ooh. 
I'm right with you. I'm right with you. We scored a, a small horror short to Total Recall score. Yeah, so yeah, right. What you do. It was the what best. It's what you did. It was the coolest. And, and yeah, and like what was the what was the jam at the time was what you used. And we'll leave on this one. And I I, I actually would request silence. This one, if you mm. do not get goosebumps, okay. to Star Trek Two, main titles. I you're dead. I you are absolutely dead. genuflect in silence now, for the next two minutes. This was this was I read about this because I thought is this all Jerry Goldsmith and he's putting a spin on it? No, they wanted to completely remove from Star Trek the motion picture, mm-hmm. and James Horner came in and said, "I got this." And well, actually, they you know well you know they Star- picked him from like demo tapes and stuff, uh, and he's and he created a whole new thing. So obviously, you're going to hear the Star Trek TV theme at the beginning, and then it's all Horner. Uh huh. Uh huh. Let's do it. <laughs> Would that we could shoot him into the Genesis project oh. and keep having James Bring James Horner back. You know, it's interesting is that sort of reminds me of a piece from Hulse Planets when he goes into yeah, that. Yeah, right? Very yep. similar. I mean, not that he's taking, but it's just like, it's just reminiscent well, of William, that makes him, it's, it's, it's great. William it's certainly great took, you know, from Oh, William did for sure. I know, yeah. I know. But mm. that reminded me of that, but it's, and I haven't heard that in a while, Yeah, but when, it's remarkable. When you get in a space adventure, there's always yeah, yeah reflections of there's things to pull from kind of and, and, and inspire absolutely yeah. and think about how this score carries you through Spock's gonna die in this movie spoiler alert <laughs> you know I mean this and this is going to this is you know this is also at the end of the movie you know that that just sort of sweeps you into not being depressed at the end of that movie it's like it's just it's still a, a triumph but uh, on the uh, silver lining side he scored Southpaw the upcoming Jake oh, Gyllenhaal okay. movie so we have that to look forward to. cool. Mm-hmm. For the record, I got my goosebumps during uh, Titanic score. So, of course. I always get goosebumps early. Get rebuilt. What are you going to do? All right, well, let's get on to our first big uh, movie here. The Good move on weekend. that, Paul. I needed that. Yeah, right? Yeah. Very nice tribute. Uh, to nobody's surprise, here comes Ted, too. <laughs> Why is it not a surprise? Well, because back in 2012, Ted himself appeared on the Jimmy Kimmel Show and made this announcement. Are, you, are there any plans to make uh, Ted, too? There, there are plans. We Yes, yes. We're basically just going to do the same movie, but in Thailand, like The Hangover. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, people who didn't see the first Ted might be surprised there's a sequel, but people who did see it were probably too high to remember it. Regardless... Bart, let's tell the people what to expect from Ted 2. Here we go. His name is Ted, and he talks to Ted 2, talks about what it's like to be a real person. Here, listen to this. This is the human test, a test to see if you are a human. Please raise your hand if something applies to you. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. That's not a clip of Ted talking from Ted 2. That's a clip from a Ted talk. Oh. oh. Okay. It's confusing. Oh. Okay. Let me try that again. Have you ever eaten a booger long past your childhood? What? 
Okay, wait. Sorry, that was another clip from that same actual oh. TED talk, but it's close enough. Let's continue. Yes, Paul. <laughs> TED 2 strikes another blow for taking anything too seriously this summer as mm. Seth MacFarlane's Dirty Talking Teddy Bear returns to theaters in TED 2. A lot has changed since the first TED. In 2012, we had a black president, gas was $3.48 a gallon, and Family Guy was riding high. In 2015, we have a black president, (laughs) gas is $3.47 a gallon, and a million ways to die in the West has been marked down again from the 99 cents bin at Walmart. (laughs) In Ted 2, Ted has married his girlfriend Tammy Lynn, and they want to have a child, but he finds himself in a struggle with the law that says teddy bears can't have children. This will go down as this summer's strangest blow against marriage inequality. Happily Ever After only exists in fairy tales. Yet a talking teddy bear is about to marry his girlfriend. I now pronounce you teddy bear and wife. May kiss the bear. Proving that Americans don't give a crap about anything. (laughs) Unless, of course, it was two male teddy bears getting married, in which case Americans would suddenly care a shit ton. (laughs) Now this movie seems like it might be ripe with social commentary. But it's summer, and I don't want to think when I go to the movies. So just pass the bong, Adam, and let's all enjoy more of that short, foul-mouthed, funny-sounding, fuzzy little guy. And his buddy, Ted, the talking bear. Ah, yes. (laughs) Marky Mark Wahlberg. People don't forget. (laughs) Again. My favorite drug. Loses me money for unpredictable longevity and range. Adding comic straight man to a career admired by underwear model slash actors worldwide. Now, I'm sure many of our presidential candidates won't miss the opportunity to mention Marky Mark's career as an example of upward mobility during these presidential debates. Here's a clip of Mark Wahlberg as Ted's best friend, Johnny. Don't miss these amazing appraisals and more from our extra special episode, Antiques Roadshow, Junk in the Trunk 3. It's with these clips today. All right, that's Mark L. Wahlberg. <laughs> oh, okay. you. you know that guy? He's about as relevant as the other Vanessa Williams. Remember when that happened? <laughs> we mean this. No. <laughs> she did happen. That's what happened. She we happened. mean this Mark Wahlberg. It's a bad time, Bob. Nice. Uh, there we go. okay. <laughs> but going back, I have to admit, Junk in the Trunk 3 is a movie I'd watch with Marky Mark Wahlberg in it. <laughs> Of Wahlberg breathing heavy, yes, <laughs> and it already exists on the internet. Yeah. Does it really? Yeah, that's oh, that's, amazing. that's a, a minute and change of a seven minute, I think, compilation. That's so much, and it's only Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, thank god those people are out there. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane returns to print money as the voice of Ted, also as writer director. So, this entire thing rises and falls on his talent. People love to hate Seth MacFarlane, why? Is it his formulaic approach to comedy? Is it his ego? No, I think those are the first two things you need to develop for true success. I think like most pop cultural backlashes, it's because he's rich. Let's check. Bart, do you like Seth MacFarlane? I do not. See? (laughs) Okay. Fun fact. (laughs) Thanks, Bart. Fun fact here. MacFarlane had already become a millionaire before creating Family Guy. I just read what's on the script here. That's all right. You're doing good. Ted is the unpandering, uncompromising, un-PC work of an auteur in the midst of this summer's record-setting credit lengths. So I'm sure the really serious critics who are always asking for these things in movies will take notice. So McFarlane's back, Wahlberg's back, even Ted's love interest Tammy Lynn is back, but there's something missing. Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. Ah, yes. Mm. (laughs) Now, uh, a last bit of plot for you, Paul. When Ted is informed by the government that he's not allowed to have a child, he must first prove that he's a real person. Hmm. Wait a minute. 
Since when did proving that you're a real person become a requirement to have a child? Look, I've been to the mall. Trust me, a lot of unreal people are having children. Now, Ted convinces Johnny to be he and Tammy Lynn's sperm donor. And instead of just wringing out his bedsheets in the morning, they decide to make it official and go to a sperm bank. What could, could possibly go right? right? And for the record, what you're about to hear is indeed hilarity ensuing. Hey, Johnny, you did it! Right here, buddy. Catch. What the? Dude, that's somebody's kid! Fight some shit! Dude, it's in my eyes! I'm blinking it in! Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna take a picture and post it on Facebook. What? Hashtag Grr Monday. Help me! That's Ted 2, everybody. Ted 2. I'll be honest with you. Ted, Ted 2 is bringing me around on Ted 1, which mm. I have not seen. Oh, oh, you should see it. I think I, think I might enjoy it's it. It's got some fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. You like Wahlberg. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a bad time, Bob. It's a bad time, Bob. <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's funny year for him. Last year, not funny. Gambler, Transformers. Oh. This year, oh. funny. Ted 2, and then he's got this movie with Will Ferrell. Called Daddy's Home or something that just came out. Oh. Yeah, Will Ferrell's Another the Will new Ferrell. uptight. Have you seen the trailer for this? No, very funny. I haven't. Oh my Will God. Ferrell's the, the uptight stepfather, but okay. then the real dad of the kids. And he's like oh. Wahlberg with, nice. you know, ripped and just a <laughs> you know a total dude with the car, and he's super cool. He's the coolest dad ever, and they got to deal with each other. Getting back to Ted in a moment. Have you seen the USA Today or movie of the week with Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig? <laughs> no, huge numbers. Amazing. Okay. Amazing. Oh. What a straight. What a straight joke. And I haven't seen it. Is it a joke? Because okay. you're just Here's waiting the for them to kind of... Here's a great thing. Yes. It and all I, feels... Like this is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. Kristen Wiig and Will Ferrell, noted comedians. Mm. Will Ferrell, <laughs> noted, and also did a movie called Casa de Mi Padre, which never once winked at the audience. Okay? He did an entire Spanish telepelicula, or whatever mm. the hell they're called. Telenovela. <laughs> Telenovela, <laughs> without ever once winking in right. the joke. Right. So... Here is, it's a full lifetime movie where they adopt a kid and the kid goes, Is like Satan or something? Satan? Yeah. No, 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 like no, no. They, they get the an child all from hell. No, child it's from hell, not, right? It's a dangerous adoption, right? No, they get an au pair. I thought they get like a Yeah, nanny. it's not full, like, spirit, uh, you know, supernatural or anything. It's, it's a lifetime story. No, it's shot, it's, yeah. it is yeah. just a lifetime oh. movie with them in it, and yet there's just... But I've seen the trailer, and it just feels <laughs> like I'm never going to be able to watch this without laughing, because nothing they say I'm going to take seriously. No, you're supposed to That's laugh. the deal. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't they were trying to spread their wings here. No, no, no. But it's a delicate line, because they're not going to be over the top about oh, it all. They're just going to do it so because hip. it's yes. them. They will you're never wink. I almost wish I had not asked this question because I would love to have watched it under the premise that they're really trying to be serious <laughs> actors here. Yeah. You, you, done, still, you, you done Blair Witched it for me. <laughs> that is pretty you badass though that they Blair did a Lifetime movie. For right? me. <laughs> because Lifetime is a pop reference 20 years running, right? Lifetime movie. So that's just, that's yeah. like doing the pop reference, right? Yeah. That's like, eh, I'm going to make a mob movie. Those were fun when I was a kid. You know, yeah. make Godfather or whatever. <laughs> so it's like Meredith, yeah. Baxter, Meredith Baxter Bernie, right? Judith Light. They got it. There's yeah. a thing. There's a genre to the Lifetime movie. Yeah. What great references. <laughs> wow. Richard Greco. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Great. <laughs> oh, I can reference a Greco. My references can go deeper than that. You want to reference? Uh, Peter DeLuise, huh? How do you like that? <laughs> oh. Got some Tom Poston? Reference. Oh Poston. Reference Poston. Was he Poston? Was he doing Lifetime movies? Tom Poston? Hey, speaking of reference, I hate to get the topic back on t Ted 2. I knew Leslie Nielsen when he was a serious actor. <laughs> they should have just called this T2. 
Was that taken? Uh, oh, see. see. Uh, <laughs> it is a franchise, though, now. Well, I mean, it could be. Sure. Well, yeah, if this one hits, right? Yeah. Nah, like, no, no, It'll hit. Cool. Universal. Jesus. With Furious 7 and Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. If Ted 2 is another $500 million worldwide grosser, they're just off the charts this year. What's this, uh, the Success. singing one as well? The Pitch Perfect 2, yeah. The, oh, They've yes. had a great year. K Cannon. Yeah. yeah. And big surprise hit. Lots of surprise hits. People expected Jurassic to be a hit because it's a movie. <laughs> it's got dinosaurs in it, but I don't think people were, pre- were prepared for just how nostalgic we were for Jurassic Park at this point. Perfect timing, right? Yeah. Movie fact, maybe not fun fact. Um, first time a Pixar movie did not open in number one. I know. However, mm. biggest, well, it made Legs, 91 though. million to Legs. not open number one. Yeah. However, I win. biggest <laughs> opening for a Pixar movie ever okay. and biggest opening for a non-sequel or remake hmm. or based on something else movie. Ah. Biggest original story opening ever. So there's a lot. I mean, that's good. That sounds like a baseball statistic. That is a baseball statistic. August 4th, <laughs> most home runs on. Uh, What's its crushing percentage? <laughs> yeah. uh, to get the crushing percentage, you take the number He's of steps. He's more home runs on August 4th against left handers than anybody else. Which means it opened bigger than Avatar. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. But will it have wow. the legs? We'll see. Well, dra- well, that was the thing. Avatar was legs mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, listen. Let's get on to our next movie. So that's because ten. next that's ten. movie. So that's that's how we're going to go and see it. Next movie. I promised we'd go over two new releases this week, and our next film is Max. Hmm. Well, the critics are right. All the successes of these sequels is leading to more sequels. I can't believe they've got a prequel out to Mad Max so fast. No, this is Max. Yeah, before he got all mad. No, just Max. Max tells the story of a veteran of the war in Afghanistan. Oh, okay. Is it Oscar time already? Jeez. None of this veteran is a dog. Oh. Well, if he talks, then it's a summer movie. He doesn't talk. Well, good luck going up against Jurassic World without a talking dog. Okay, listen, well, we still need to preview it, all right? It's okay. opening. It's called Max and Adam. You're stuck talking about it with me. So let's go. <laughs> I feel like going on a midnight run right now. Anybody else? Uh, for the record, that's the uh, great Leah Finkelstein oh, on the keyboards. There oh, Leah Finkelstein. Oh, Hello. Hello. I swear to God, if you don't send me my money, I'm going to shoot him in the head and throw him in the swamp. No. <laughs> in the tradition of such cinematic classics as The Dogs of War, mm. Dog Day Afternoon, and mm. Summer Dog, this film also has a dog, <laughs> just not in the title, so forget what I said. <laughs> Say, do you feel like crying for two solid hours? Well, then this is the movie for you. Right. What's sadder than a soldier returning from war with post-traumatic stress disorder? Mm. I'll tell you what. If the soldier returning from war with post-traumatic stress disorder is a dog. Mm. Hey, what's sadder than someone struggling to find purpose in a strange new world? I'll tell you what. If the Mm. someone struggling to find purpose in a strange new world is a dog. (laughs) Hey, what's sadder than someone losing the only person they loved? I'll tell you what. If the someone who lost the only person they loved was a dog. (laughs) Okay, okay, we get it. It's heavy for a family film. Let's talk about the plot. Right, okay. Max is a bomb-sniffing dog in Afghanistan who is injured when he sniffs a bomb. Guess you should have stuck with butts, Max. <laughs> Max is nursed back to health by Kyle, a soldier played by Robbie Amell, who I was who I only know of because I have a Rain Man-like metal catalog of people who have played superheroes, and he's Firestorm on the Flash TV show. <laughs> but when Kyle is killed in action, Max winds up in the hands of his grieving younger brother. Justin is played by Josh Wiggins, who's never played a superhero, so I've never heard of him. <laughs> Justin is your typical apathetic and disinterested teenager who, instead of babysitting some dog, would rather be out BMX biking with his friends because (laughs) apparently this movie takes place sometime in the mid-80s. Anyway, man and animal form a bond that allows for the child to cope with the loss of his brother. And then trouble arises. What's the dog's name? Hey, Janelle. What's wrong with Wolfie? I can hear him barking. Is he okay? Wolfie's fine, honey. Wolfie's just fine. What are you? 
foster parents are dead. <laughs> no, no, not Stop terminal. That. Stop that. <laughs> What's the dog's name? Max. <laughs> No, not Terminator Trouble. That's next week. Uh, yes, no, a, fr- a friend of Firestorm's returns from Afghanistan who's got involved with some bad men in the war. Gee, what kind of illicit dealings could one get involved in in Afghanistan? <laughs> they try to acclimate Max to civilian life. And, you know, wait a minute. You know, this could be sadder. Hang on. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, no. They try to acclimate Max to civilian life by presumably enrolling him in some classes at the local community college and getting him a job at the supermarket down the street. But his incessant ball sniffing gets him fired by the Piggly Wiggly, and he struggles at school with the inability to hold a pencil. And fireworks give him haunting nightmares of when he was overseas fighting commies and whatnot. Kind of a leap to call it PTSD. Don't fireworks scare most animals anyway? And here's where we're talk- where the talking dog explaining his feelings would move the plot along nicely. Well, then one day... <laughs> Justin's father disappears, and Justin takes off into the wilderness to find him with the help of Max and all of Max's military training, which pretty much amounts to simply not stopping to pee on every single tree in the woods that he runs by. Nonetheless, out in the woods, Max proves a crucial ally, once again teaching the lesson that the only real value you can have in life is usefulness to others. Hmm. Isn't that right, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Does the dog get kidnapped? Is the dog bionic? (laughs) Will the sour-faced Kyle tame the bionic dog and rescue his dad? And why does Kyle look like he's 12 but sounds like he hit puberty a decade earlier? The point is, uh, the dog fights crime, right? Yeah, yes? Okay. All right, then it's a summer movie! Hey! <laughs> hey. And that guy does sound like he's 40 years old. Hey, what's up with that? Yeah. Uh, like I want to mow lawns for the rest of the summer. <laughs> right? He's mature for his age. Dad, why are those Marines coming to the front door? Hey, <laughs> hey somebody move the car. I got to get my bike out of the garage. Right. Anybody see my roller skates? <laughs> Dad and borrowing the car. <laughs> yeah. well, I'll be seeing this, as you know, with Karen in tow and with Movie Pass. I'm in this. Well, that what Movie Pass? Why? Hashtag because I can. <laughs> yes. Because I can. Yeah, I'd go see this now because the I did tear up in the trailer. In the trailer, I saw. I, I, I like to fancy myself a bit of a screenwriter, an analyst, and I could see where. Oh my God! If this movie plays its cards right, like the cries you could get at the end with like how this dog's gonna help out. So I just immediately saw through to like what hopefully is their brilliant third act, you know, where it just all comes together. I was like, oh my God! It worked out so well for them. Yeah, we could. I was wondering. It's like all the tropes, right? The dog, the kid, yeah. the death. There's stuff, you know. Yeah, I mean, he has, I'm, I'm, this isn't a, I'm a spoiler. Right? This is no, all it's like trailer. classic Disney, right? Well, like a boy yes. and his dog. Yeah, yes. it's really Disney. Yes. Like, yeah, which is good stuff. Yeah, somebody it, gets stuck in a well. <laughs> yeah, old yeller. <laughs> yeah, so everything but rabies and so who knows what else <laughs> could show up. Uh, who knows? Well, who knows? We've never seen the whole movie. PTSD is modern day rabies. Oh, there He's you go. He's got uh, modern day rabies. Modern. What's that, Max? Somebody stuck in the well. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it'll be good, I think. Yeah. I mean, it, it could it. be a little square. I'm hoping it's a little slicker and kind of cool than, you know, a square family movie. But I think the yeah. military angle might keep it kind of on the cool side. There's something implied about the dad, too, that makes me a little, what's going on here? Thomas you know? Hayden Church. Yeah, something's oh, going yeah. on, you know. Is it because it's, like, it's him? Ah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Are you chewing gum? No, there's something going on. I was like, hmm, I'm wondering about that. Anyway. 
I'll go see it. Yeah, I, you know, it's a, it was kind of cool. I think this this summer has been a marvel for how uh, people have paced out the movies. How nothing they used to just like it used the summer used to be Avengers, and the next week Jurassic World because they don't want they want to take some of that Avengers juice. And then mm. over the last like decade, like studios have figured out no 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 no, you let Avengers have a week, and then the next week you put girly movie. Well, for, for right? uh, Furious Seven in the beginning of April. Yeah, and then you got the month until. Avengers beginning in May. Exactly. You Jurassic World till mid-June. So now, like last week, you didn't have anything that would compete with Jurassic World. You had a Pixar movie, and now this and now this is even more like, all right, so maybe, maybe a family that could afford to go twice in a row would have seen the Pixar movie, and now this would be another type of family movie, or... And they're not going to TED 2. And they're not going to TED 2. They've already seen Jurassic World, maybe, you know, or maybe the kids aren't old enough. Like, it just seems like Max really, like, fits a line, you know? Mm -hmm. It really mm -hmm. is kind of like that boy's life movie. Like, like if a father has has gotten like uh, you know uh, the uh, for the for the Boy Scouting family. Right. This is the movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dog films know. can be great. I mean, the Rin oh. Tin Tin saved uh, what was it Warner Brothers back in the day. It, yeah. And actually, Rin Francis the Talking Mule. Oh, the <laughs> 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 you seen that Talking Mule picture? Is it the one where he kicks Spielberg? As long as we're, we're talking, talking about animals, I'm still watching wrestling pictures. <laughs> <laughs> You see that review for Francis the Talking oh. Mule? They didn't even mention the costumes. <laughs> <laughs> now, Bart, uh, do you know this Robbie call. Amell guy? Uh, the the actor? Yeah. No. He was in The Duff as well. Oh, is he the good-looking guy that gets He's uh, a total killed? Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's you might like him. Yeah, he's, he's Tom Cruise, isn't he? He's very cruise Yeah, yeah. I think he's Tom he's Cruise. Great. Well, he's, and he's the brother of Arrow. Yes. Yeah, so I mean in real life. Right. And in they're the shows, Amels. they're... Yeah. These Amel kids. Yeah. They're like the next Hemsworth. So there's enough for the handsome already. <laughs> enough for the handsome. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's enough Hemsworths. We're fine with the Amels and the Hemsworths. <laughs> but you need those guys to put in some of these movies, you know, Firewall or something. You just need a Hemsworth yeah, yeah, yeah. or an Amel to throw in there, right? Yeah. It'll work. What, uh, uh, Liam Hemsworth is in the new Independence Day sequel, which got a title. Oh, yeah. That I can't remember because it's one of those titles. And that, that film is not Goldblumless. Like Jurassic World. No, it's Will Smithless. Yeah, Will Smithless. Goldblum is bad. Will yeah. Smithless. <laughs> I like that. He delivers one of my favorite Goldblum lines in uh, Independence Day. Oh, just take him out. Take him out. Take, take him, him down. down. Just do what you, know, you do. Do what you do. Good. Take him out. Take him out. running. All right, enough tomfoolery. Let's, let's get start. on to some Mark foolery with our guest. Mark guests. foolery? What? Does he show up? <laughs> Who's performed stand-up yeah, all over hell. Will he be here in two and two? Yes. Mark Foolery? What is that? Two and two. Chuck Woolery. That's we'll Chuck be back Woolery. in two and two. Oh. Two and two. Was that Love Connection? That's yes. a reference, uh, boy. There there that is a reference. I, a I watched Woolery more in the Wheel of Fortune years. Oh, so. Yeah, okay. me too, actually. As Woolery goes. <laughs> I moved on to Blind Dance. <laughs> Skip Love Connection. Uh, but let's see. Uh, Mark has also appeared on TV shows like Ellen and Miami Vice. Huh? Plus, he's worked what? with Joe yeah, Dante. Way back. Way oh, back. Working with God. Joe Dante is hair. enough for me to say it's not wasting more time and get on with Mark McCracken. Oh, Yay! Hey. Oh wait, that's me. Wait. Applaud okay. yourself. Yeah, stop that. Giving myself the clap. We, anyway, we, we do a pre-interview just called "I just talk to people in the living room while Paul prints out the scripts." And uh, <laughs> oh, that was you, a pre-interview. Sure. I deny everything. <laughs> no, you got said to, too much. You you've been in some very cool stuff. It's, uh, you have some uh, uh, cool friends you were talking about. You just went to go see your friends Gillis. with Tom Woodruff and Alec Gillis. Yeah, they uh, previewed uh, or screened a uh, um, a film to come out. I think in August. A Harbinger Down, which they did at their studio cool. in uh, um, Chatsworth, um, and nothing but practical effects. Um, yeah, they're practical effects. Direct, guys. Everything is practical effects. For yeah, they're ADI. Yeah, yeah, ADI amalgamated, uh, the, and uh, just 
fantastic. Actually, a great film. I was very, very impressed and and really loved it. Sort of an homage to uh, Alien and uh, The Thing. Yeah. Um, well, they did Alien versus Predator. They did all the effects for that. Absolutely. And then they, they even go back to Alien 3, I think, is where they started. And Lance so Hendrickson is in it. Nice. Uh, nice. Which is fantastic. And, Hit that uh, Alien cue. <laughs> <laughs> quickly, quickly. <laughs> the Alien cue. Oh, hey, we, we need a Fred Norris around. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> No, sorry. <laughs> there it is. There it is. But uh, yeah, and and it was it was it was great. And um, they also have another one coming out called Sideshow later on, which I saw a trailer for, which is just amazing. Again, they're doing everything themselves, and it's yeah. just, it's just very impressive that you know in this day and age of of computers and, yeah. and uh, CGI taking over that they're just now nah, we're gonna stick. Yeah, with they're the practical very practical guys. Yeah, but very resourceful, very clever, and just super talented. Yeah, you said they just created worlds in a in a, in a garage in Chatsworth. It's amazing. Just like, you it's know, it just spans the galaxy, yeah. and it's yeah. just yeah, that's awesome. It's pretty. pretty that's pretty good vision for them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a lot of garages in Chatsworth that got all <laughs> the <laughs> movies <laughs> going. On. There's a doctor's office. <laughs> Those kind of movies. There's Come guys on, pizza. There's somebody. I got your practice. Right here. <laughs> he fixes the cable. You ever make a movie? Yes. I've actually good. made uh, three shorts. Oh, good. Yeah. Nice. And been in a few festivals, which is nice. Yeah. How about you? Uh, shorts. Shorts. Working on the feature. Yeah, you were talking about that, yes. actually. We were talking about it. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. That's why this is such an exponential leap from where they where they were, you know, because they've done the same thing. But this was just full-blown, just, just great. It's uh, All I picture when you every time you talk about it is... Sadly, it's probably not what they want me to think of. Uh, Kirk fighting the Gorn. <laughs> <laughs> that piece of desert. That you was, could go there and that's out there. We all know it. Okay. Oh, I wish Horner had redone that. That's off the 14, I think, where they shot the actual. Is that right? Still up that north way in Chatsworth. Vasquez? Vasquez Rocks, was it? I think so, yeah. Vasquez Rocks? Yeah. Vasquez! Yeah! Where's the cue? Quick, where's the cue? Vasquez Rocks. She thought they said illegal alien and signed up. <laughs> there you go. That's the uh, yeah the Disney show. They're Great. Have. Great. Vasquez rocks. <laughs> awesome. All right, yeah. well, let's go to through a couple of these credits because I brought uh-huh. them up at the top and I uh-huh. would definitely want to kick them around. Uh-huh. You weren't just in Matinee. If yeah. anyone knows the movie Matinee with John Goodman as a 50s style uh, filmmaker named Lawrence William Wolf. Castle, basically. Yeah, basically a William Castle. Like uh, atomic horror, like things get, you know, atomic yeah. energy blows things up big and yeah. you know, they attack. Yeah, and, and in theater, uh, he specialized in in theater extra thrills and scares and stuff, yes. right? Yeah. right? Like William Castle had the yes. shocker seats and the skeletons yeah. dangling from the ceiling. <laughs> right. Uh, and the movie within the movie is called Mant, about half man, <laughs> half ant, and you were All terror. Ant. You were Mant. I was Mant, yeah. Actually, uh, Mant. It was so much fun. Now, how blast. cool is that? So you're in the costume, so Mant is half man, half ant. All terror. All terror. <laughs> so good. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, no, it was a blast. It was a blast to do. It was actually the story is I came out uh, from Florida here um, as an actor, got a call, and they said, you know, will you go into uh, Dante's office? And I said, yeah, Universal did. We talked monster movies. That's all we did is I went in, we talked monster movies. Cool. I, I referenced John Agar and a couple of other actors from who were known from these classic films of the 50s and, and early 60s. And and next thing I know, I get the call, and it's like, okay, go over to, to uh, Rick Baker's and get get, <gasps> get fitted out. So they, Rick they, they, Baker. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I got to you know hang out Wait. with Rick. It's like it was just, just a dream. For anybody doesn't go back, know. Go yeah. back. Was that the Joe Dante? So there's Joe Dante. It's Joe Dante, yeah. Joe Dante's office right. over Universal, right? That's the horror movie talk. And then yes. move on to Rick Baker, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Rick so Baker, for anybody who doesn't know. It's quite a week. Yeah. The, the, when the first Oscar for special makeup effects, right? They invented the category. 
I didn't know I, that. I do believe, right? I didn't know that. And uh, yeah, but for American Werewolf in London, Ugh. which is a John Landis movie, and this is very much a similar sort of irony and, and that yeah. sort of thing. So very cool. You met Rick Baker. That's, yeah. yeah and then Rick yeah. Baker and then, uh, and then went back to, and flew to Florida to shoot and, and met with, you know, Kevin McCarthy and Goldthwait, all the guys who were from those movies, jo- yeah. you know, Joe puts in his movies. Dick Miller. Dick Miller, Dick yeah. Miller. Dick Miller's the He's best. in his latest movie, too. Um, came out of retirement to be in it. Oh, um, awesome. So, uh, yeah. So I got to meet and hang out with all those guys. Um, and Kevin McCarthy was in the original Body Snatchers. Body Snatchers. Right. And Goldthwait was in, uh, invasion, or in uh, The Thing from Another World, okay. which was such a thrill to hang out. I love oh. that movie. Howard Hawks. I just think, anyway. That's the original of The him. Thing. That is the original yeah, thing yeah, that Carpenter the thing took. Another world, yes, yeah. exactly. Right. Um, so I got to hang out with those guys, chat a little bit with them, but mostly just geeked over them. Yeah. Just, just, to, just to hang out. That's some good geeking. Did, did you come <laughs> in with like suit skills? Or was this all brand no, new? Basically, Rick no. Baker stuck a head on you. Yeah, they stuck a head and claws on me and, and a big butt, big ant butt, and they said, do it. And so I did. And uh, and they just, you know, let me go. They let me improvise, which was fantastic because on set I was, you know, making up lines and throwing things out there, keep this, throw that away, that kind of thing. And, really? And as great. the ant? As the mant? As mant. Oh. I didn't yeah. think there'd be much improv room once you were dressed up as a giant ant. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's funny. <laughs> I kind of was just going to test it and see if I could get away with it. And they said, and, they, and then he allowed it. But uh-huh. Joe's like really cool about that. You know, I just wanted to see what working with it. And, of course, a lot of stuff did get, get in, but uh, a lot did. And I was really impressed. And uh, Jim McPherson was the one who designed uh, everything. And he is super talented and worked for Rick for, for years. And he was with me side by side the whole thing, working the working the uh, toggles and the, and the hydraulics and stuff. It was fantastic. Great experience. Oh, oh. Just so exciting because we all love those movies. What I love is, yeah, you, you sound like you're a guy in a in a. He kept the sound. Oh, that's the real sound. sound. Oh, that's hilarious. Your voice is sort of muffled and echoey. (laughs) We talked about ADR in the thing. Is it ADR? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then then, uh, Joe decided, no, no, no. I totally dig dig the sound of your voice (laughs) in the thing. And let's let's just keep it. And we're like, yay. And you can even hear the servos going to the thing. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Kept it. Oh, you got to keep all that. Yeah, it's great, right? I mean, it's it's part of it. Um, Little anecdote. Do you have a second real quick? Hold on, please. This is your segment. I see, I see. Thinking about people that I'm. All right, go ahead. <laughs> no, aliens. We played Thank that early. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, uh, Wim Schaller was on it as well. Patty Duke's dad, and uh, uh, he plays the dentist who basically turns me into man. Well, there's a scene later okay, on in the yes. jail just before I break out and turn into the the full ant, um, <laughs> where uh, uh, they electrocute the bars. I and then that's what basically I throw the bars down and I I, I leave in a huff and turn into an ant and, and go through the roof. What's funny because in the movie you see I I knock the bars down, I step out, and you and and knock uh, William Charlotte down and you hear him go oh it's because I stepped on it because I was leaving and, and walking across the floor <laughs> so I yeah anyway that's that's, oh, that's great that's my claim to fame with, with William Charlotte what but, was uh, the noise he made again <laughs> now and, it's, he, and it's still in the movie in the film there they, they have pieces of, of Mant but the entire movie there was like a, a whole oh, on the laser disc he actually edited the whole thing together oh yeah and I think that's scene to scene to there. scene I think it's on YouTube. It is. Out, I think it's I actually now on, uh, might be on YouTube. Yeah. Everything's on YouTube. Worth checking out. Yeah, definitely check out. And out. actually, I mean, Matinee, I find it's an unseen gem. I didn't see it for years. I had a, a roommate that was a big fan of Joe Dante and that movie in particular, and just for years was like, you've got to watch Matinee. And it's uh, for anybody that hasn't seen it, and you just want a really good 
good movie mm. that you haven't seen with John Goodman in it. That's just it's just so much fun. And Kathy Moriarty's fantastic mm-hmm. too. Yeah. It's a great cast. Oh, it's, 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 it's all about the Cuban Missile Crisis in yeah. Key West in Florida <laughs> with William Castle flying in to uh, <laughs> to scare everybody on top of all that. Yeah, so. big Russian scare along with the Russian scare movie style of the time. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's such a good. It's, it's yeah, and it's right up Dante's alley. That one's coming from yeah. his heart. You yeah, know? absolutely. This is his. Yeah, this is his thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. This will be the one he's remembered. Might, might be his masterpiece. I think matinee. Really? Well, matinee's pretty pretty great, but I, I, I like I like a lot space. of his other Inner stuff. Space like, is really good. yeah. That it really Gremlins. Is. Come on. Oh God, jeez. The Howling. Hello. That's quite a career. Hello. Hello. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the Burbs. Wait, so for, for all the goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you go. Look at you go. <laughs> I might be wrong. Am I right? I don't know. Uh, so listen, then you get on to. Uh, well, we're gonna jump way ahead. Mm-hmm. You're in where the wild things are. Right, so I was one of two, one of the two guys who was doing uh, um, Daniel the Bull in what with what things oh, are, yeah, cool. for Spike. So you come in and you We're go. first name basis. I have a <laughs> really. suit experience, right? Or, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Is that the exactly. thing you got into? Like a, you started well, wearing was, more and more suits, or yeah, that that the matinee was what got me into doing the special yeah. effects and working with uh, with Rick and K and B, and then ultimately with the Henson guys, which is what got me to uh, to do um, where the wild things are. Okay. They called me up and and Brian wanted if I could do Daniel the Bull. I said, yeah. Brian. Brian Henson. See, first name basis. No, no, no. It's, I thought you Pretty would cool. know. He said the Henson Company. Pretty Brian Henson cool. at the Henson. Sorry. No, but Brian Sorry. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no. No, it was just, you know, in pa- ships in the night passing. Nice. But anyway. No, but that was a. That Adam, was when you're in a movie, you'll talk to the people in the first name <laughs> basis, too. Sorry. Sorry. Someday. Sorry. someday. No, no, no. But no, that was that was fun. That was, uh, you know, but being that was a suit that covered me. I couldn't really do a lot. You know, yeah. um, with that because it was pretty huge. And they but, um, did CGI and all the mouth work, right? Yes, they did. That was the one thing. Henson wanted to have full suits, but um, but they wanted to have. I think it was. I'm sure if it's Warner Brothers or whoever. They they wanted to have um, the CGI mouths and everything mm. and the eyes and stuff move. It was a flawless combo. Yeah, it was pretty neat. crazy. It how, was really neat and, and very atmospheric and and uh, very Spike Jonesy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where was cool. it? And interesting guy. Yeah, where was some of those things shot? It's such a so ethereal. Like I, it seemed like it was Australia, out and about. Yeah, Australia. Uh, the the woods were was was were a, there was a forest basically. Yeah, a, a forest fire, and they went in there to shoot a lot of stuff in, the, in, in there. And then the quarry, which was here, okay. like east, way way out, about an hour and a half. They took us out to the quarry to shoot stuff there in the quarry, fire scenes and and other stuff out there. Um, and then a lot of other stuff was shot downtown <clears throat> uh, in a soundstage. Yeah. So, yeah. That's now, I want to bring up also that you were in We Were Soldiers. And I bring yes. that up because we're strong advocates here of wanting Mel Gibson back. <sighs> we want our Mel Gibson back. Yeah? Okay. Did you work alongside I Mel can't, Gibson? I can't. What's that? Did you work alongside Mel Gibson? Were yeah. You, uh, I, I don't know who you were. We went in. to boot camp together oh. and everything. Yeah. How cool is that? Look at that. Yeah. No, I have nothing bad to say about Mel Gibson. But the question is, do you have anything bad to say about Mel Gibson? No, I don't. No, that's As a matter of fact, of. <laughs> I, no, no, no. Um, the, my experience with him was fantastic. He's great, as, as, right? Yeah, he yeah. really is. You know, the thing, too, is he's, he's also Suspicions a film Suspicions confirmed. Thank you. Um, Moving on. Yeah. No, sit, sitting around with him talking about movies, uh, you, I just kept my mouth shut because uh-huh. he was. he knows... Uh, going way back, silence foreign directors from the time and cinematographers. And, I mean, the minutia. Um, he knows all that stuff, and I was really, really impressed. And uh, well, I mean, what's not you would kind of expect that with some of the stuff that he's done. But uh, yeah. he was great. He was really fun to work with, and uh, super nice, super nice guy. Yeah. Who, who directed and, that film? 
uh, Randall Wallace, oh, yeah. who wrote, who wrote Braveheart. Oh, Braveheart. And so he put yeah. you into boot camp? Put us into boot camp, yeah. We did, cool. I think, I want to say like a week, week or two weeks in Georgia. Um, um, I can't think of the base's name right now, but we were there for a couple of weeks. The whole cast, um, John Hamm, Dylan Walsh, I think who else was with us? Um, Sizemore in that? No. Sizemore was not in that. Uh, let's see, of? Sam Elliott, uh, Greg Kinnear. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of who else. But Barry most, Pepper? Most ever, start Barry Pepper. Yeah, yeah Barry, Barry Pepper. Pepper. <laughs> most all of <laughs> us. Yeah, we all, we all, except for I think Sam and, and maybe Greg, seemed to dodge some stuff. But uh, most everybody went through the boot camp. It was, it was interesting. It was basically a watered-down Rangers boot camp. But nonetheless, it's a bunch of actors, you know, yeah. working. Bonding. Working. Yeah, bonding and, yeah. And, and going through everything. It was it was uh, pretty intense, but it was it was fun and, uh, and and a great experience. I mean, wow, that was great being with those guys. That's a good film, and we got to meet everybody too. That is a good film, and we got to meet the real guys, which to me, and I became friends with the guy who I play, um, and also uh, with Bruce Can- uh, Bruce uh, Crandall, who is the main pilot who did who actually did this. This what the movie's based on: the acts of going in and rescuing people and mm. against orders. It was a really again a phenomenal experience. I just lucked into, and I feel. That's very cool. grateful for it. Yeah, Miami Vice. <laughs> yeah, I knew oh, you were going to. What episode? I'm familiar. <laughs> I honestly don't remember okay. the name of it. I just <laughs> remember right. I played a, I played a DP, and I was walking with. Um, were you shooting a music video in the no. episode? Oh, that'd be the best. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just had had one scene. That's all. It okay. was it was you know my, my cutting my teeth on on television basically. Oh, that's right. You're a Florida guy. Well, not yeah. That's where I moved to, but, it, but yeah, Miami. And that's, we had and that's, uh, Shannon McClung here last week, who uh, who is uh, uh, also a Universal guy and an Orlando guy. Oh, okay. Um, who was your circle down there when you were? Did you study improv and do all that's that? That's where down I there? started. Yeah, I was in New York for theater, and then I got hired to do the Shakespeare Festival in Miami, and from there jumped into an improv, a sketch improv company, and we we basically ran it for a couple of years, and and uh, that's really where the agents would go, and everybody got work from that. So it was good. It was a really good experience. Lots of fun. Really great time. What were you doing you know. in New York? I didn't know you did New York time. Yeah, I did. Audition? I, I, any, any I was, went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New uh, York and um, did their two-year program and then got out and did some off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway, and, and uh, then I went to Florida. Yeah. Once you started getting known as like a... a, a <laughs> I'm known for Huh? <laughs> I'm not known. Well, no, I'm saying once you started getting in some suits, you you, you said you get, you ended up in some other... Did you end up doing movement classes or something to go like, all right, I could really kind of do this? Because you know, nah. some of those things you really have nah. to show who you are nah. without... <laughs> no, I tell you that the, um, the first... Uh, uh, full body suit I was in was Pumpkinhead 2. I was in Pumpkinhead 2, Bloodwing. <laughs> That's badass. Which is... You were okay. Pumpkinhead? I was Pumpkinhead. And so... And so um, <laughs> I, when, 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 did, when did it K&B... That's a drop the mic uh, credit. Awesome. This is, this is one of those things where they, 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 you know, K&B calls me in and, and, you know, it's a small community so we all know each other and they were like, well, you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, okay. Awesome. So, uh, full body cast, put me in the thing and I'm like, hell yeah. Hell. Um, but that's, yeah, that's... Uh, that's my full bo- first full body suit. That's that was, pretty that was a cool. Blast. Yeah, yeah so but, but no training. They don't you train were like a Kevin kind of Peter thing. Hall. Yeah, just hanging out, <laughs> oh, being monsters and he's stuff. He's so good. Look at like, know, great he was, stuff. Oh my Harry god, Henderson's Predator. He was big. Yeah. He was absolutely. Big. He was oh big for god. a while. <laughs> you see what I did there? <laughs> yes, he was. He was eight feet tall. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> Apparently, a sweet guy too. Uh, Rick, did some great stuff. Rick anyway. Baker is supposedly retiring. Did you hear about that? Has retired. Has retired. Has retired. Already auctioned off his stuff. I heard about that. And yeah. um, I was talking to uh, somebody at uh, at Joe Dante's thing the week before. Uh, or no, actually, it was at Alex's thing. They were saying that um, 
they're going to put together a show starting in New York, a tour of Rick Baker's stuff to um, to go around the country to show you know oh, cool. uh, um, all the things, all the movies you could buy, like the Harry like and the Hendersons. Like People were suit, right? Yeah, or at least the head thousands of dollars to, to, to get pieces and articles of things mm. that, that were basically just collecting dust on the shelves in his studio. But it's sad that the, he's retiring because yeah. there's not as much call for his yeah. trade. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's it. That's his. That's his call. Actually, he realized you know, and after he started, after he did, I think Men in Black three, um, did all these wonderful suits and aliens mm. and creature stuff and practical stuff. Um, he kind of thought, mm, that's it. And, and, and kind of got out of it, and then wants to just you know, you know, Does he have a school take his Academy stuff? Awards and yeah, you know, go his way. He has like a Rick Baker school or something too. I think he has. I think other people well, are. Stan sort Winston of has. One. Stan Winston oh, okay. does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's going strong. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's. Really, I know it's my teacher there. It's a really good school. Do you know his son, Stan Winston's? Son? Stan Winston's son, Matt. I think so. Yeah, he's I, cool. I, he's a cool guy. I don't. I don't know. I've never worked with with. Stan I shot Winston, some videos for that school. Uh, oh, really? How tos and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really great people. I like Matt a lot, but I don't. I've never really worked with him or anything. But he seems so nice. I've, I've, we've hung out. I, he's got the energy and personality to keep that school going. I think. Oh, it's so doing very well. Yeah. It's so thriving. I'm not surprised it's doing great. Yeah, yeah, it's doing well. He's yeah, and he's a neat guy. He's a really neat guy. So. All right, well, let's get to what I ask every guest. Oh, oops. What's yes. your favorite movie of all time? Two thousand and one: A Space Odyssey. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Have you guys had that before? Probably. Actually, uh, no. Yeah, I don't think oh, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, maybe, okay. Maybe once. Hundred okay. shows. I'm starting to have trouble keeping track. I just hundred show. You've done a hundred shows. Mm, you think you're hundred? hundred in this. Format. You guys look really yeah. good for a hundred shows. I Thank, say. You. Seriously. Thank you. Seriously, you. you hold up well. <laughs> we do three a day. <laughs> <laughs> it's stamina, isn't yeah. it? You just build up the stamina. We've only been doing this like for three months. I love that. <laughs> look at you. Now I just rewatched 2001. Mm-hmm. I need to. Okay, oh. and do you, I told you what I did, right? Steve, Steve Lewis, movie yes, guy, Steve Lewis. We, you, do you know the legend that the final 20 minutes, the Jupiter and Beyond sequence, syncs up absolutely perfectly to the second side of Dark Side of the Moon? No, 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 no. no. Echoes from Metal. Oh, the second no, side I of the album, Metal. I'm thinking of Wizard of Oz. 100% right, right, right. beat no, for beat, perfect. Well, obsessed with this. So now it's somebody's like, what other Pink Flame? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Movie guy Steve Lewis figured out that the first side of Wish You Were Here also syncs up to the opening of the movie. No so way. he went and found about five other tracks uh, from uh, two other albums that go perfectly with the Hal sequence in the middle. And we <laughs> have made a, a full HD copy of Pink Floyd's 2001 A Space Odyssey and... It brings new life to this thing <laughs> because the music choices, for as much as we all love Kubrick, eh, sometimes, with the exception of the iconic, you know, Blue Danube or also Sprock Zarathustra, yeah. mm, some of the other stuff's kind of shitty 1969 stuff, 1968 stuff, you know, like the Lu- little weird, like, Space Gate. The Luxaturna? Luxaturna, which actually isn't. Uh, that, okay. that period, but it's, it's no, no, no. I'm saying people from 1968 were putting it in movies, and I think that was oh, a yeah. 68 very 68 choice. Well, the story that I heard was that uh, the what you like, you like the classical stuff that was thrown in. Um, that Kubrick was using that as a guide track for what he wanted in there because I think yeah, Alex was North. It, it was North. It was North. Yeah, Alex actually, North. which I've also heard his his score as well. It's okay. Um, no, that's the thing is, is Kubrick <laughs> after he he made the right choice. Well, did you hear that he went to the premiere and and he was invited to the premiere and he goes in and, and he sits down. They hadn't told him. That's the story. That's the, the story that I had heard. That they hadn't told him. And then he goes, sits down, and they've got, you know, I'm sure they probably told him. That seems I, to be That the, seems that apocryphal. That seems to be, a, exactly. How would absolutely. you not let it slip? Hey, yeah. you're, coming to the, you're coming to the screening, right? <laughs> Alex North. <laughs> right. So you're coming to 2001, Alex North, yeah. right? And uh, at the Man's Chinese Theater? <laughs> Alex North, you're going to love it. He did okay. <laughs> Alex North did all right. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but uh, so Cooper kept it with the original music yeah. in there. But I, I, I just love the movie. I think it's fantastic. They're screening it at the Hollywood Bowl this summer. You know about this, right? Oh, if oh, not, yeah. look it up. But not with Pink Floyd's music. Not with. Pink I think Floyd's. that's a mistake. Oh <laughs> man! No, no, no! Oh, with with the full orchestra, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah which it's like with a choir, like probably a week and a half or something. Mm. Is that yeah, right? Soon. Yeah, or next month. Or, but it's very soon. Ooh, I gotta look that up. I did hear about that, and I meant to get tickets. I hope my wife did. She bought a bunch of tickets for the bowl this year. We always go to stuff like that. What, so. what about it? What, why do you love it so much? The bowl or just no, 2001? the 2001? <laughs> 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 well, on, uh, uh, it's probably uh, the first movie that I saw. as, a, as I went to a lot of movies as a kid, obviously. We all did. Um, but it was, it was one of those that just really struck me. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it was... It, I was taken in by the, the special effects. I was taken in by the the, the um, apes, the the, the humanoids, uh, not humanoids, the um, early man, uh, and then I was taken in by the the spaceships, and I was taken in by the the, the stuff that at the very end that Trumbull did. And I, I don't know what it was. It's just one of those movies that I could see over and over and over again, and I didn't know why. And then I started to read as things would come out in the magazines about it or in the books about it, and then I read then I read the book and all that sort of stuff, and it was. You know, it just, I don't know, there's something about it just stuck with me, and I just, everything, you know, you, little things will come up, like you were saying about the music, and I, mm-hmm. I'll, I, I want to find out about that. Yeah, it brings and, new and life just, to just it. Just more and more investigation. But also, too, I just think it's, there's something about it that, I don't know, I think it's an art piece. I think it's more than just a movie. It's like a beautiful art piece um, from beginning to end, and it's r- risky as hell. You know, um, so lavish some of those shots. Oh, just a, every just inch of it is, is filled with something. It's, it's so impressive. And also, it l- led me into film. I think that, you know, I'd been to a lot of movies, but that was the first one that I really wanted to start investigating and find out about. And and so from there, you know, uh, basically just went into everything else with special effects and, and, uh, and sci-fi and all that. So Is the book a straightforward narrative and then Kubrick took it and did that or is it all still? No, the book is based on the screenplay. If you, there, uh, oh, okay. uh, um, the Sentinel, I think, is what the original. Oh, so Arthur Clarke wrote the script. For yes. The movie. Yeah. Yes. Then the book. Yes. What ah. happened was the 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 story. I think it was called the Sentinel. This was, it was a short story that, that Arthur C. Clarke wrote, um, and it just took place on the moon when the signal is sent out, and they're like, "Oh, I wonder what that is." And then one thing leads to another, and it's like, "Oh, there's aliens." Um, and then from that, they expanded on the movie, and they they just collaborated very closely to you know, and so Arthur C. Clarke came out with the screenplay. It's really sort of a collaboration between the two of them, but. Um, uh, I really think it's more, more Stanley's than Arthur C. Clarke's. He just basically approved and expanded on the science of it, you know, because that's what Stanley was really into. Now, you, you've made a study. I mean, 2001 is one of those movies that made you study it, and I think we've all had that. Like I always said, when I was a kid, there was this thing called Star Wars, and I just had to keep asking, how is this? What is, uh, what is happening here? I right, don't know. right. You know, and it's just a thirst for knowledge. Right. There, there, it, there was, for a long time, people weren't necessarily interested in how movies were made mm-hmm. generally. That mm-hmm. was a very culty sort of thing that people right. were interested in, and those people also often right. ended up in the industry. But like a movie like that, at a time where there was the baby boom growing up and, and that there was a tremendous interest and the arts and stuff like that. I think that really like spawned like because that is a movie where you watch it and you go, ah, okay, how does this? How does this be? How does this it? <laughs> how did they whatever do it's this? doing? How is how it doing? How did they it? do that? Exactly. Well, I'm aging. <laughs> I'm dating myself here, but I was I was eight years old. My dad took. You're me dating to yourself. <laughs> it's very futuristic. I can't get any action yeah. anywhere. <laughs> I could go. I was good luck. Anyway, no, but that was that was one of the first that I did, like I said that really got me into investigating yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. And then and then I don't even. Think I'd seen Planet of the Apes at the time, and it wasn't until there was a re-release or something where I got to see the Planet of the Apes. Same year, I think, right? Might have been. I think yeah. it came out the same year. Yeah. Did you see 2010? 
I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that was a mistake. The year we make contact. <laughs> Roy Scheider? The way we take more of your money. <laughs> I, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't really, and you know. I think it was kind of a non-event for most everybody. I yeah, think it really. It happened, like, and, then who cares? and then how many other sequels did he write? It's like, really, Arthur? Yeah. And he's stuck on that island, you know, he's got nothing else to do, not write sequels. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, yeah. No, I wasn't, didn't really care for that. Oh, so Arthur C. Clarke wrote that and kept going with it? I thought yeah, it was just he, Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Well, 2010 was a book, and then there was 2035. 35. There was like, like several yeah. sequels after that. It just kept going and going. It's like, oh, really, Arthur? But, you know, if you make money, you make money. So that's and he could do it. Speaking of science fiction. Yeah. What did you see this week? Yeah. <laughs> to anybody that doesn't, I was just about to say, glad you hit that. To anybody that doesn't like the Jurassic World, you know, they did used to make bad sequels, and 2010 would be, you know, I, 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 for anybody that doesn't like Jurassic World, I, I make you watch Jurassic Park 3. Go ahead. Right. Have at. What did you see this week, Adam? It seems you saw Jurassic Me? World. Me? I saw Jurassic World, and I was thrilled. I mean, this is, uh, this is, uh, I can't believe there's any kind of backlash, but anything, anytime something gets too popular, it's, it's, there's the backlash. You're just ready, waiting for it. There's an amount of money it's allowed. There's an amount of, there's an amount that Depeche Mode is allowed to sell before you don't like them anymore. There's like yeah. that record store kid, right? Yeah. Like Joshua Tree, <laughs> Joshua Tree was time yeah. to stop liking you exactly. too. God. I like October and Boy. Don't like them anymore. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the occasional song, maybe. But that's, yeah. But yeah. by that, uh, yeah. everybody likes them now. So screw them. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to see Jurassic World anyway. It's a sequel to Jurassic Park, and you know I, I love all that stuff. It's perfectly time for nostalgia. But there, there was this weird word on the street, because I waited two weeks to see it, and there was this weird word on the street of just how popular this is and how good the word of mouth is and how much people are enjoying this movie. And it's just one of those things. You, you just don't get that. People don't just do that for any summer movie. That means that movie is a, a little extra pleasing. Well, there's like the one every year. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. Exactly, oh, that was right? That had legs for like five weeks. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, right? and the word of mouth was just one of those things where you go, okay, people are actually enjoying this movie. Like San Andreas had a really good opening weekend. Literally nobody has mentioned that to me in passing. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> it's not mentioned anywhere. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> No. So, yes, you can make money. But then there's that Jurassic World thing where a friend of a friend is he talking about it and a friend of this friend is talking about it. So I go see this movie, and sure enough, it's it's a masterpiece of action cinema. It's really exceptional. It's, yeah. it's not easy. I mean, it's, it's, I, don't have to, I don't have to say this. This does not need to be argued. It's literally obvious each summer. It's not easy to make this kind of movie. Every summer, a movie doesn't make this kind of movie, right? Godzilla... We wanted Jurassic World. We got Godzilla, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, each summer is the movie that could be what this one we knew could be, and ultimately, I think, ended up. Because I like selling it. it big. I haven't seen it yet myself. Oh, but, you haven't uh, seen it? No. Okay. You'll yeah. love it. Let's go see I mean, it. I'm going to see it. It's, it. It just nails it. And the thing is, what it is, and there's this article online that I'm very pissed off about. I want you to bring it up. Because I hate movie critics. I mean, I hate the very idea of a movie critic, first of all. I like the idea of a film journalist. That's why I consider myself. Criticize. This is a, why would you do that? I mean, it's just so strange. And as movie watchers, we go to our art gallery together. It's the only art gallery we all go watch the art together and we all experience it together. I don't know. There's, there's a way of embracing that. So anyway, there's, I won't mention the website because who gives a shit? But, uh, uh, but thank you. But I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop watching it. I'm going to stop going to this website because after I read this article, I was like, oh, why is this even in my feed? This article might, this, this website might suck and I just didn't know till now. And so, so here's the article. Jurassic World is a huge mega hit. And that's terrible news for movies. 
Really? This article, by the way, just came out about the Avengers. The Avengers is a big hit, and that's why movies are going to be terrible from now on. Now, look, I understand. These people have deadlines. They have to write stuff. And they love to hate movies. I mean, I, I'm, I can never be a critic. I just don't hate movies enough, really, is what, what I think it comes down to. But, I mean, it's I, I'm not going to – awful. this is terrible, awful news for anybody who loves movies. He codifies it. It's only terrible if you love movies. Now, I will, I will just sum up. I will not read this. This uh, article, but look up this this title. Okay, so I think what he's saying is that they're going to <laughs> yes. make more movies pandering to. They're the going to make more summer movies because of this one. Yeah, that's a dumb point. Yeah, that's a stupid afternoon. <laughs> okay, that's a stupid I get your afternoon. point. Hey, well, it's on. It's 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 not a bad idea to make or or not make them, but you know, yeah. I mean, they, we hope they're good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure. We all hope they're good. That's all you know, he's especially when the ticket prices are going up. It's like, I want to get my money's worth. I do. Here's guys. one thing I, I I do find interesting in it okay. as a shift in a paradigm mm -hmm. in the world. When I was a kid, the movies that made the most money were great movies: Raiders, Empire, Star Wars, Jaws, Godfather. These sure. are the greatest movies. And you know, now the movies that make the most money aren't the greatest movies that are currently out. You know, I looked down a slew of. No, like, nothing has made more money than Jurassic World, and this is this is because it's a, it's because it's not Godzilla. A Godzilla falls off a week in, and the next movie picks up. The next movie that comes out beats that out. Sure, that's great. But I'm looking at the. But if I look at the top ten, I, I wish I had it in front of me. I bet you the, yeah. the, there's five bad movies in there. In the top ten this of all just time. How it is. No, of, oh, right uh, now. Oh yeah, of all time, oh. because. They, they're not taking into effect, you know, they never mm -hmm. do the inflation to show you really how popular a movie is. Mm -hmm. This movie's new and it's made a ton of money. So mm -hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, on Stranger Tides is one of the top 10 movies of all time. Oh, really? Is this what we're dealing with? I mean, when I was a kid, these were the good movies were yeah. in the top 10. Now that's not necessarily the case. Right, mm. right. Yeah. Well, the Pirates of the Caribbean... Pirates of the Caribbean is a good point for, for Jurassic World. The I, that This article basically says, because Pirates of the Caribbean was popular, there's going to be nothing but Pirates movies. You know, it's, Isn't that it, the Pirates argument the, every time of a good movie's made and it's popular, there's going to be more deep impact. There's going to be more Armageddon. Yeah. That, that argument's every, every time a popular Every time. Movie. This yeah. is breaking so little ground, yeah. it's out of control. There's too many sequels? Wait really? You dared to write that in an article? Well, <laughs> no, it's just a cycle that eventually... Yeah, they yeah. stop well, making... this guy wrote the same article last year. Like Look, you said. dinosaurs I know, I know. are very popular. All out. you're going to see are dinosaur movies. Until they stop being popular. Yeah. yeah. There were only ever three dinosaur movies. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I had to make good on my promise last week of being really excited for a Pixar movie, and I went to see Inside How Out. How was it? Great! Yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh my god, that's the ultimate Pixar movie too. Yeah, or it's an ultimate Pixar movie. Yeah, I mean it. They I mean, it, okay. We've seen even mentioning Herman's head. We've seen the sure. voices in your head personified yeah. in things before. But again, they just present it with such ingenuity and such incredible detail and, and such an emotional complexity mm -hmm. that it just takes it one step beyond everything else. I mean, Pixar just does it that's better the than they everybody find else. the emotional complexity in toys. In a way that is succeeds to an extra level. Yeah, yeah, this this girl's head, Riley, has so many different things <laughs> that they could work into the plot that they don't let any of them like slip by. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is the memory dump. You know, you don't want to go there. This is the the chamber of abstract thought. The train <laughs> of thought literally rides around all the time. And they got to hop it. You know, uh, it's, it's it's great. It's great. And within all stuff. that, fantastic. You know, the the fact that they're Animation is going to be amazing. This is the given at this point. It's amazing. And they still do new and interesting things with it. Like the parents and the kids, the humans look like they do in Pixar movies. But the emotions have a whole new look unlike anything else in a Pixar movie yeah. yet. Does they have that sort of glowing skin and they're all different than the other. But yeah. they're all the same 
types because they're all the same things: fear, anger, joy, right. uh, disgust, and they look like Muppets. sadness. They're all in everybody's head, but they look different depending on whose head they're in. Right. You know, it's just Pete, oh. Doctor, Pete Doctor directed it. He directed Up in Monsters Inc. He God. thought of everything, and it's uh, another great movie uh, in the Up canon. is a masterpiece. Yeah, it's fun to watch a masterpiece. They still come out in our time. Up is one of them. But once again, the the lesser efforts of Pixar won an Oscar, <laughs> Brave, and made two hundred seventy million dollars at the box office. Monsters University, which Whoa. I think is a hilarious movie, even yeah. though it's considered a lesser effort from them. I mean, so if you're not seeing what is considered back to form. Go do it, because yeah. Inside Out is yeah, lesser, highly entertaining. Lesser, for those guys, is a scale. Yeah. I mean, it's a lesser, a lesser effort for them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, this wasn't one of our best. Well, here's the Oscar. The content is actually pretty mature, which is really interesting mm. how they handled something like that. And also, they've got these limitations because you have an emotion that really can't change into an arc. You know what I mean? As far as the oh, traditional yeah. storytelling That's goes. You know, your lead character, as far as you know, your happiness, but your happiness throughout. <laughs> so how, do you, how do you change? Yeah. She you reminded know, me of uh, Woody. From Toy Story, yeah. just complete Very, devotion yeah. to the to the happiness of the child that right she's dedicated right. to. Like Absolutely, Woody is de- dedicated the same way. But it's to risky. Andy. It's risky. It's risky writing. It's risky pre- presenting something it? like that. Yeah, 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 Great, yeah, right? yeah. And I was telling him that that uh, a friend of mine said that it's like Ingmar Bergman made his first cartoon because <laughs> yeah. it's just got this maturity to it and this this this. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't want to say too, too too intellectual, but it's a lot of fun. You know, and a lot of laughs, typical of, of uh, Pixar, but it's also got some some great storytelling. Yeah, the wisely aim high and let it trickle down. Mm. You know, don't shoot low and hope the parents understand. Shoot, I mean, when I was a kid, everything was way up here. Mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Ark is not a movie for kids. It's for adults. It trickles down to the kids, and then everybody loves it. I've right. always said Pixar does G better than everyone else because they mm-hmm. don't. It's not a kids movie. It's general audiences. It's for everybody. Yeah, they don't pander. Really. This is PG because it was a little heady, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not for any other. What reason. What did you think of Lava? The opening cartoon. Oh, I thought it was okay. Yeah, it's awful. I, I wish the song it was, was better. <laughs> the song was better. That was a song. <laughs> it's yeah. like, right. I'm singing as I talk. It's not <laughs> really a poem or a song. This is about a, a, a volcano in the ocean that wants someone to love. Like, you know, like a lot of their <laughs> movies, you know. And there's another one underwater, and they have this sort of don't 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 do that. Thing. Just never mind. We'll move on. You hated it. <laughs> I hated I, it. You hate it's like, hey, oh, please. Have you seen Presto? Presto. See, no, Presto is amazing. Presto is my favorite. That's which, one of the greatest. That's the one of their opening, their opening one. Yeah, and uh, that one Remind came me before which one that Wally. Was, was that uh, before no, Wally? Yeah, even before then, I think. Yeah. Before, yeah, uh, oh, oh, and it's the magician with the magic hat, and when he reaches, oh, the and, rabbit, and he puts the magician's hat on the rabbit, and he can reach through his hat, and it's a portal between the other hat. And the comic business that they get out hilarious. of the portal between yeah, these see, two things. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's fantastic. And the pace and all those very crisp Pixar movements, where like the joke just. And then the, these things sort of click. It's on Tex a, Avery, yeah. more or less. It's yeah, Tex really Avery. It's Tex, Tex Avery. Avery. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like it's like an homage to him. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, no, that's that's what I expected. That's way better than I got a singing volcano. And I was like, really? Okay, that doesn't even rhyme. I was just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, what else did we see this week? I uh, I got a little adventurous. Spike. And oh, you to, went I, off a of spike. Well, no, no. I, I left <laughs> TBS and TNT to go to Spike. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, didn't quite leave the house yet, but I'm at least on another. <laughs> working channel, up. Working up. <laughs> Baby steps. And I I watched either um, a movie called Romeo Must Die. Okay. Or it was a boxing match. I'm not sure. Okay. Was Gary Oldman in it? <laughs> no. So we don't think it was okay. Romeo Must Die. It could be Romeo. 
So here's what happened. Lee, I can't remember so on my cable <laughs> screen guide, it said there was a boxing match on BET that I wanted to watch. So I tune in, and it's a movie. And the movie before it Celtic on the Pride? schedule, I don't. <laughs> before on the schedule was Romeo Must Die. So okay. I said, oh, this just must be the continuation of Romeo Must Die. But it had no Gary Oldman in it. As we're <laughs> oh wait, no, no, Jet Li. Wait, Jet Li's in Romeo Must Die. Okay, right? that's so, right. And Aaliyah. Now Romeo is bleeding. Is Gary, is Gary Oldman. Oldman? And it was neither of those movies. Okay. <laughs> and Romeo and Juliet. What the heck. <laughs> I have no idea what it Bad was. It Norman. was about a kid in in the ghetto in Harlem uh-huh. uh, who decides to sell drugs. Fresh. Mm. Am I? Am I? No, that was the boxing match. Breaking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <you're> <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched Stripes. Dig Digstown. There you go. Um, yeah, it was, I would love to find out what this movie was. It was it was slightly interesting, but as as I was mentioning, um, it was on BET. And I has anyone did big? it star Lil Romeo? No. 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 Oh, okay. Big no. BET fans. Uh, no, I've not watched a whole lot of BET. Watch, I don't watch cable. So. Never. Watch 20 minutes of BET if you can. Okay. Y- okay. You just, no. It's no. impossible. No. <laughs> it's impossible. I'm pretty sure there was 12 commercials in the 15 minutes that I watched. Probably. And oh, yeah. Yeah, it was the, the same two commercials, and one of them was promoting their awards program. Oh, give me two okay. hours, I'm going to the movies. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. It was, it was yeah, tragic. Right. So, so if anyone s- knows what movie I was watching, I would love to... Love to be told. So you're on BET instead <laughs> of Spike. Well, because I saw the boxing match. I'm like, I'm oh, going to go watch it. Doesn't your remote have an info button on it? And you yes, and that was wrong, too. Uh-huh. So it was giving me it was giving me the boxing you're match information. Strange cable needs to watch. There's a kid the, selling drugs in the inner city. Yeah, and he worked at a at a laundromat, and then um, he had some friends. Uh, Mackay Pfeiffer was in it. Okay. Oh. Clockers? Oh. Ooh. Spike Lee? Uh, no, it didn't have any. Well, I don't know. It didn't have any Spike Lee feel for it. Well, the Clockers doesn't really. Clockers is more of his sort of. He had that phase where he was just a little more like a New York Scorsese style director, right? Yeah. Like Clockers isn't yeah. really like Twenty Seventh Hour. Yeah, Clockers. yeah, yeah. So oh, it was Clockers? it was in that phase where he was just a little more of like Scorsese storytelling than than Spike right. Lee. I think I'm gonna so. go with Clock. I watch Clockers as well. Because, because of the movies you mentioned, that's probably the best one. I think. Yeah. <laughs> John well, Turturro show up. No, uh, so that's why I'm saying it was it was people I've so never didn't seen. Flip before. over to the wire, accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, did you see anything? Yeah, actually, an old movie uh, on Turner Classics. It was called Fury. It was the first film that Fritz Lang did here, oh, um, and it was with uh, Spencer Tracy. Great story about a guy Ooh. who is going through a town to meet his girlfriend, and he's mistaken for a murderer, and they take him and put him in the jail in the town and and the murder was so heinous that the people riot and go to the jailhouse to Whoa. kill him okay. and then they're only going to have a trial they're going to kill him the sheriff is alone because everybody's afraid and it's and and uh uh basically they do riot they tear the place down they burn him down and but spencer tracy escapes but they think they burn him up and he comes back later and, and, and all these people are being tried. Is his face all melted like House of Wax and stuff? No. No, okay. no, it's a little smudge. A little, a little, little charcoal smudging gotcha, here and there. Gotcha. You know, yeah, it's yeah, just enough Tracy. to suggest a fire. It's got yeah. that jaunting, jaunty uh, black smudge. <laughs> exactly. <on his> <laughs> That's enough. That's Shucks. all we need. Oh, were you in a fire? You must have been in a fire. You've oh, got yeah. the smudge you on your forehead. You have some charcoal on your face. <laughs> yeah. You must have been in a fire. <laughs> but it's great because uh, all the people who ride it are going on trial for murder. And, and, and Spencer's like listening on the radio. Oh, I see. I get it. It's cool. Fritz Lang. Yeah, beautifully shot. What was it called again? Fury. Fury. Yeah, Fury. Not Fury. to be confused with Brad Pitt. Ah, the tank movie. No. Also called or Fury. Or the baseball oh. Furies. Oh, yes. One will be black and white. I or the Furious Seven. Yes. And with Spencer Tracy. The other one yeah. not. Yeah, no. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Well, um, one last thing to mention. Well, actually, two things. First of all, Movie Pass, once again, got us into a double feature 
Of oh yes, Beast- that's what we saw this week. Holy shit! I've Beastmaster and the Sword and the Sorcerer at the Egyptian Theater. Eighty, mm. it's eighties mm. mm. fantasy. Two weeks of the eighties fantasy. There, mm. they kicked off with these two movies. Um, the Sword and the Sorcerer. I grew up with. I thought it was one of the greatest movies of all time. I couldn't wait to see it again. It's not one of my favorite movies <laughs> but, of all time. But you picked the right venue to give it that one, that another yeah. try, right? If you watch it at home, you go, "Ah, oh, damn, this movie sucks." But you see it in a yeah. crowd, the bunch of people, they're kind of but excited. But there's plenty of gory moments in it that I remember. Was some of the first times I saw gore when I was a kid, including a guy getting split down the head with an axe, Ooh. and the one guy peeling off all of his skin to reveal the demon oh, underneath. Oh yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. That cool. was badass. And Lee Horsley's fun running around, Matt Houstoning it up in the. In He's the, jaunty. Yeah. He's jaunty. Arms oh, akimbo. That's jaunty. Arms now. akimbo. But I was surprised to enjoy Beastmaster even more. Oh than my that. god! Because Beastmaster, I expected to be a giant hunk of you know cheesy right? shit, like a TV movie and or something. And it's fun and it's weird. It's a stealth good movie. Like nobody realizes Beastmaster was. It is a good movie. It is the same cinematographer as Barry Lyndon. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. And sure. The Shining. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Who shot a a, a sword and sorcery movie, but. Man, he really plays like if you're a He-Man fan, like I grew up watching He-Man. Beastmaster is like watching an episode of He-Man. Yeah. He's got this it battle works. cat with him all the time, this panther, all the time. And you know, this is back in the day, as they would say in the commentary tracks. This is the days before CGI. Yeah, I know the '80s were before CGI. They say that in every commentary track. Like, <laughs> you know, there was no CGI when we did uh, Beastmaster. Yeah, I, we all know. But anyway, but it is set, it's to it's to give Mark Singer props to walking around with a tiger. There's no yeah. bullshit there. Every scene that guy's walking with the tiger. Yeah. Uh, Wow. That's a lot of shots. <laughs> that was on HBO a lot. A yes. lot. And they called that out, that these were yeah. HBO movies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What, what did Billy Crystal call HBO? Uh, something Beastmaster's on? Yeah. HBO. Was, yeah. <laughs> Some, yeah. What is it? Something yeah. Beastmaster. Heavy Beastmaster. <laughs> Heavy Beastmaster. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Really good movie. It was fun. Yeah. Don Coscarelli did a Q&A afterwards, too, the director. And wow. He was famous for making those kind of movies on... Phantasm. We got a weekend. Let's, you know... Yeah. Make- <laughs> yes. The Corman, the Corman yeah. method. Absolutely. But speaking of movie pass, uh, to alert our listeners and viewers, it's actually in Orange County, too. I looked it up. It's across the country as far oh, as Oh, it's across the country? We yeah. already yeah. knew this? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so. You just Don't entered... Tell you me. Get it. You just enter a zip code, and uh, yeah, it'll tell yeah. you whatever theaters are nearby. So, in fact, yeah. go to themovieguys.net... Click on the Movie Pass link there and sign yourself up for two weeks uh-huh. free. It's Netflix, if you don't know, Mark, mm. for mo- for the theater. You can go to see, pay one price, see as many movies as you want for the month. Hmm. Cool. It's crazy. And it includes the Egyptian and the New Beverly. Yeah. And we only mention these theaters because they're near us. But there are theater, n- theaters yeah. all over the country. That I didn't realize it was nationwide. Yeah, so oh, that's great. Here. I didn't realize it was nationwide. Now, it's either. interesting because it in my neighborhood, wow. there's one of the theaters that it's uh, accepted at is a theater that shows $5 movies. <laughs> Ah, oh boy, that's a tough one to use my movie. Yeah, movie right. yeah really. Yeah, that's oh, such I, a great I, deal, I, though. Wow. And uh, go to go to, or you can go to Movie Pass and enter promo code Tom Cruise. That's not a real promo code, but it'll confuse them, <laughs> and they'll wonder. They, hopefully, it'll get back that we're promo. They'll just them. they'll just sign <laughs> Bart up right away when they see that. I get points. Uh, <laughs> well, there was one other thing I did this morning. I went to the press event for Fast and Furious Supercharged. This is a new ride at Universal new, Studios Hollywood. Oh. Uh, they open it officially to audiences. I think it's a soft open now, but officially Thursday. So when this show comes out, mm-hmm. you can go up there and uh, see it. It'll be it's their what big the summer ride? attraction. What's that? What is the ride? What is it? Uh, are you getting a car and do a whole video thing? And- we went down to the courthouse square on the lo- on the back lot, which is from Back to the Future, which nice. is kind of cool. And they had a whole big setup there with a giant billboard that said Fast and Furious Supercharged and a stage with a DJ and hot chicks dancing around, and everyone spoke. Uh, Larry Kurzweil, the CEO. Um, of Universal Studios Hollywood, Ron Meyer spoke, and Eric Garcetti came out 
the mayor of L.A. and he talked all about hmm. you know how L.A.s are presented in the movies and these supporting tourism. You know, I Eric, think he's pretty cool. You know, Eric. <laughs> right? You know, Eric, okay, right? I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> See, but he hasn't been a politician. Oh, so okay. He, yeah, so, um, Sorry. But I talked to a friend of ours, uh, Ryan Morisco, uh, who works up at Universal. With Mark works up at Universal, mm-hmm. as do I. Um, and he uh, he was telling me all about the cars. He knows everything about the cars now for a new job he's got up there. Uh, and I won't tell you all that here because it's a lot of visual stuff to show you how cool all these cars were. They had about seven or eight of them out on display. Right. And then they had. Oh, hey. Then they drove them all around the back lot too, which is. So, oh wow! So did, did it feel like one of those parties? Because in every Fast and the Furious, there's the girls with the tight cutoffs, and they're walking That's near the what cars. I'm saying. They was were, that the party you were at? It was. Still oh. was just interrupted by the cops. But let me play the. Uh, <laughs> let me play Ryan. Did spew out a fact I thought was pretty cool. Uh, the cars they used for Furious Seven. There was a total of 340 cars Whoa. used for the filming of that movie, uh, and only 110 of them survived. So 230 completely destroyed. Uh, vehicles for all the stunts in the movie, and that Whoa. fact came off my question because I was he was showing the Aston Martin that Jason Statham drove mm. in uh, Furious, 7. and that's just Furious Seven. That's oh, not wow. the fr- that's not the whole franchise. Yeah. That's Furious Seven, and then the Aston I think Martin? it was like a Charger that cool. that uh, Vin Diesel drove at when they smash into each other at the end, which is basically they go forty miles an hour at each other and they're chained or tethered somehow to not really smash into each other. They only go so far, Whoa. but they will smash into each other. And I said, Well how are these cars here? And that's when he told me, Oh, there's like three hundred and whatever cars. Wow. Two hundred and some that they smashed. And then wow. uh and that's then awesome. Vin got up to speak. Fifteen years ago, uh, I was lucky enough to become part of a family. And that family is universal. Universal has supported us to the point where we're actually going into production for Fast and Furious 8 in 216. 216? And and just when I thought it couldn't get any better, Universal Studios has created a ride. And I remember when Ron Meyer came to me to talk about it the first time, he said, your grandchildren are going to be able to experience you in a ride. <laughs> so I just want to say uh, we have the best family here. We have the best team creative in the world. We are so excited to continue to give you the best that we can create with integrity. And this one's for you, Pablo. <laughs> this one's for you. There was a shout out not only by him to Paul Walker, but to from Larry Kurzweil oh, as well. Pablo. Who's uh, Pablo? Paul Walker. Paul. Yeah. Oh, right. It's Spanish. <laughs> Pablo Escobar. He just decided uh, to thank know. Pablo Cruz. I don't okay, know. <laughs> AKA Bob. Uh, and then, of course, <laughs> as with all these things, you know, they do the big presentation and then interrupted by the cops. Are you oh. ready? Here we go. In five, nice. four, three. <laughs> They're going to cut the ribbon and it gets interrupted and the cops come in. Are these people jumping the cars? Oh, yeah. And they take off? Well, they've got all these cars set up, and the cops come up and they say, We need to get all these cars out of here. They were stolen, which I mean, clears no a ramp. Chain, no right? There's no the cop. So- and one of the cars busts out, spins all the way around Courthouse Square, uh-huh. and goes up the ramp and through the billboard. Nice. Flying in the air. Wow, that's cool. Hey, you can't get the sense of it here, but. Is that a real on-site sound? Yeah. That sounds like a sound effect. You know how many people have not seen a car fly through the air in person? Yeah. I just and go through a billboard? I've never seen that in real life. That's I've never pretty seen cool. that. I've seen that a lot. 
but not really. And as soon as it goes through, fireworks, confetti, yeah, yeah. and hot chicks again, they were the, the dancing. You know, I don't ever see that. And then we went on the ride, and the ride's really fun. It's yeah. super, like, the thing nowadays, since Simpsons, it seems, because this is certainly true with Despicable Me, uh, they just... How much can we throw at you in a short amount of time? It's yeah. like they're, yeah. they're just so chaotic. King Kong too. The, the, yeah. the rides are so chaotic, you can't see everything. So, yeah, to get you to go again, I imagine. So there's a lot going on in this. Owen Shaw's like, "You're mine" or whatever, and then poof, we're off. You know, it's it's the finale to the studio tour, and the tram goes like 120 miles an hour through the streets of L.A., which they couldn't shoot. They had to shoot stills and uh. move them because you can't shoot what. This giant screens they have on either side of the tram that are tram length, you know, mm-hmm. so they're yeah. huge 3D screens. They shot stills, moved things along them, and then added a ton of CGI with the wow. cars and the actors in front of green screens, inserting them into the cars. And there's just trucks and cars and planes and helicopters, and it's My all God. amazing, just crazy. Wow, thing. wow. So you'll want to do it twice because there's a lot going on. And that's during the regular tour? That's yeah. not a special ride. That's the finale to the tour. Finale to the tour. Yeah. It used is to be the, the Mummy's Maze, and uh, this is much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was there for, uh, what's that Dracula movie? They, they really built a Van Helsing, right? No, no, this was, no, the, the was, Van Helsing came oh, that was the inside mummy. the park. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then rightfully so, that's a bad movie. <laughs> it's just funny there was a But Van this is Helsing the biggest movie. franchise of all time, pleasure. so it needed to have some yeah. kind of representation in the park, so it does. But uh, hey, that brings us to the end of the show. Wow. Oh. Oh, the Rocketeer. There you go. Thank you. Uh, that wraps another movie showcast. So Together we're the movie guys. Individually we are. Mark Preston. You can follow us on Twitter at the movie guys for daily jokes and links. Also on Facebook.com slash the movie guys, as well as iTunes, Vimeo, YouTube, Funny or Die, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that shit. Thanks to Mark McCracken. Yay, You're welcome. Mark. Hey. Yay! Where Thank we, you guys. Where can we find you and what you're up to? Um Oh, I don't know. I don't really have anything right now I can tell you about. <laughs> but I mean, are you on Twitter, that kind of thing? I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, yeah, imbd.com. Was was Mark stuff. McCracken taken, or is that where people find you, at Mark McCracken? I don't remember what my Twitter name is. <laughs> Damn, I should have come prepared. I have no idea. <laughs> Were you worried you going to be on the show? Right. Uh, also, check out digitalmindproductions.com. <laughs> my production company that helps us make the show happen, and theboobaysisters.com, Karen's thing. Oh, oh. Yeah. I'd like to plug this beat right here. Oh, now we're moving. Now uh, we're moving. Rest in peace, right. James Horner. Thank you, James. And thanks to Steve Scholz for his writing contributions to the show every week. And as always, we owe everything to Pat Peach. Next week, we're into July, and he said I'll be back enough to actually meet it next week. Arnold returns as the Terminator. And we'll be here talking about it, plus Magic Mike XXL, so muscles. See you then. Crank it up. Yeah.